Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 100, The Century of Excellence. I'm your host, and with me is my co-host, Jackson. We've been doing this for 100 years. Yeah, um, you know, we've been on every episode except for Jackson, who was not on one episode. I guess there's four, five episodes that I was also not on, yeah, so if you want to get technical you. about it. So, fair enough, hoisted. Uh, we're here to talk about video games. We have a video game to talk about that is Outer Wilds. Um, we also asked for questions and got a lot of emails. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I feel like maybe we shouldn't get too in the weeds right here at the top. Um, you know, we got introspective last episode, go to episode 99, where we talked about how our lives have been shaped by video games and how terrible in 2019 it was and how we hope things will get better. So, Jackson, has it gotten any better? Have you played any video games? Uh, I've played quite a few video games this month. Yeah. Tell me about them, briefly. Um, so, I've played a video game called eFootball Pairs 2020. Oh. That is a pro evolution soccer. soccer um, yeah. Which is winning 11. You know, all the names. Uh, I got back into football games. I also got back into, like, football as a thing, um, which I've not been into for years, literally over maybe two decades at this point. Like, I was very young when my dad left, and that's when I stopped caring. Um, uh-huh. and this is my first time. <laughs> what? It's like it's like the most like stereotypical I know, British right? story in the world. <laughs> my dad left, and I stopped caring about Chelsea. It was very easy. Yeah. Like it was the yeah no, <laughs> yes, absolutely not wrong. Um, uh, but that game's really good. Uh, I've not played a football game in a while. I've played like a bit of FIFA's occasionally through the years. Um I've not played a Pro Evo game since Pro Evo 5 on the original Xbox. Uh and I have had a really good time. Uh, I don't have any like deep critical takes, right? It's a football game. It's really good at football. I prefer Pro Evo because it's slower. Uh the ball physics are better. Um on FIFA you stick the ball a bit more. Uh Pro Evo's a bit more like the ball's a bit more unpredictable and it rewards slower passing play in a way that I like, because I prefer to do, like, on-the-ground slow passes rather than, like, counter-attack and cross. Um, yeah. It's just my preferred way to play, and um, it's been it's been fun. I, I took Birmingham City, because... So, we have a friend of the podcast, Camille, supports Birmingham City. I don't have a, a football team, because I did support Chelsea, and, you know, one, it's my dad's team, not mine, and two, Chelsea are evil. Uh, so I haven't I haven't gone back then. They're so like I, they're, they're like the Yankees of football, right? Not anymore. Um, they were for oh, okay. a bit. Man City are the uh, are now. Um, okay. It it goes back and forth, but they they are among them. They they were they had a Russian billionaire buy them in the early two thousands, and it completely changed the club, and everyone hates them for valid reasons. Mm. But I have a bit of a crisis of sports of knowing who to support because it's all fake, right? Like they're all companies. Um, yes, and so that is my biggest problem getting in is that I enjoy watching sports, but I don't know who to root for. The storylines are like fake, and the ca- I I only support the players, right? But that doesn't help me when like trying to engage with a match. <laughs> I was not being serious. No, I know. That's also a fake thing to say. I know, but I I wasn't okay. taking the bait. <laughs> okay, you could have dragged me for free, and you did not. I don't. Yeah, because I'm I'm a good friend. Here. No, that's not how this works. We're supposed to entertain people here. Sometimes that means being a bad friend on a podcast. I'm only mean to you on the shows. Like, you know. That's not true! (laughs) (laughs) I want everyone to know, stopping this segment, that is just not true. You will absolutely just drag me for your own entertainments. (laughs) 
Uh, I mean, I normally uh, drag you for the entertainment of our friends who enjoy it, but more than anything, but yes. <laughs> Sometimes no one's watching on the Skype calls and it's all for you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, this, I just like, oh, I'll pick them. Camille likes them. Uh, that, is a, that is a team that I'll pick and, and we'll, we'll, we'll do it. And we won the championship first time. Uh, so that's been fun. Um, the Master League stuff is... Interesting. I, I've been told it's changed a bunch because they add, this is the year they added cutscenes, and the cutscenes are just the most ridiculous things that you've ever seen in a video game. Um, and it's if you're not into football, it's hard to know how ridiculous they are. Because did you see the one I posted a month ago? I posted this on Twitter. I don't know how to find it or you know link it or whatever. But th- no, I no, I don't remember. Maybe, but no. Okay, I'll just describe it then. Um, or for all the listeners who also haven't seen it. Uh, they've added cutscenes to the Master League, and the Master League is the franchise mode, right? Like, you are doing trades, doing the management stuff, uh, and... Yeah, it's where you go after the Elite Four. Yeah, shut up. Um... <laughs> God damn it. Um... That took me a second, too. I, I just You sounded earnest, and I believed you, my mistake, and then I was like, what are you talking about? Uh... So it's that, and they've added cutscenes, so, like, you're going to... But they don't need them. Like, there's no voice acting, so it's just completely silent cutscenes of people miming things at each other while the subtitles go, like, what do you think we should aim for this league? And then your character does a mime, and then you click, I think we should get eighth and above, and then everyone nods and goes, I am of one mind, like it's Three Kingdoms. Literally the thing Mm -hmm. he says. Um, And... That's it. That's the goal thing. Cuts it over. Uh, the part where this gets really ridiculous is that my uh, character is the digital recreation of the 90s Johan Cruyff, now deceased. Okay. Um, um, okay. Very famous football man. And yeah, sure. he has been resurrected to manage Birmingham City uh, and take them to the Premiership in one season, which he did. We got to the the quarterfinals of the FA Cup we got close lost to Liverpool which is a tough one I've been I've been forcing myself not to like not to restart when I lose matches which is what I used to do as a kid because uh, the whole season's the point um, makes it more interesting uh, and I'm doing my best now. but yeah that's, I don't have any more detailed football takes I've rambled for a while the game's good is that, is that, is that the game were there more games you were like I played a lot of games um then, I mean, I, I I fell further down the sports hall and played some Madden. No, absolutely not. Okay. So I played Wadham, which is t- Keita Takahashi's new game. Uh, obviously, well. whereas Wadham has been the mantra of me for since Nobu Nobu Boy came out, basically. Um, and uh, had a great time with Wadham. Uh, Wadham, if you don't know, is like a adventure game, kind of. You walk around as the mayor or any of the other characters you want to be, um, and you have, like, a single action where you can, like, say hi, or if you're the mayor you can explode or whatever, and you just solve puzzles that the people need help with. Um, it's very charming, very storybook quality. Um, it's structured exactly like a children's show, or a couple episodes of a children's show where you go through the same motions over and over again in different contexts. I think that's good. Um, I found it very heartwarming. Uh, the voice acting of all the kids is great. Um, Wadham's great. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot to say about it, really, other than it's nice to have a game that has a bunch of colors and is vibrant and fun and is like, you know, three hours long and, um, it's good. Had a great time. Uh, 
Yeah. Liked Wadham a lot. And then I played Brigador, which I haven't finished, but I don't know if I will. That's not a game that necessarily, like, lends itself to finishing, which is a mech game that is an isometric game about you're a mercenary that is being hired by, as the campaign mode goes on, there are multiple groups that are hiring you or whatever. Or you might be different mercenaries. It's not particularly clear. Not really a lore-first kind of experience where you're just really grungy, like either a mech or a tank or a hover vehicle that is being hired to suppress dissent, um, whichever version that takes, by uh, destroying everyone in your path and most of the buildings around them. And uh, it's crunchy, uh, a lot of great... Uh, like electronic, dark electronic music and sprites of buildings exploding. Um, it, it, it very much is like, what if in SimCity you had a gun? <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and uh, I liked it a lot. In terms of like mech games, the experience of like, uh, just, just being in a big space where the mechs feel dangerous, but also fragile. Like I got to the, the second arc of the campaign and you're on a different planet or a different area on the planet. I don't, like I said, lore is not the strong point here, but it's now, it was like this big, dense urban and suburban area, but now it's like a big desert area. And so I'm just this mech. And the enemies used to be tanks and other mechs, but now they're like jeeps that are coming at me down highways and I have to like lead all of my shots on these very long paths instead of strafing around buildings and stuff. And that stuff is fantastic. I like it a lot. Um, recommend it as a game to play for sure. Uh, it's, you can play it with a controller. It's a mouse and keyboard game. So please load up your PCs. I, I assume it's not very demanding because it's all sprite stuff. So maybe I'm wrong there, but. It seems like a very like achievable game and something to play. And then I played a little bit of something else. Do you remember what it was, Jackson? Do you know what I've been playing? What was the other last game I played? Is it a genuine question or is do you know? This is a genuine question of I played something else and now I don't remember what it is. I, I don't. I I don't. Sorry. Um. Oh, I remember why I don't remember. I played a short hike. Not all the way through. <laughs> yes, uh, you did play a short hike. You know what? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, a short hike is a game in which you are a uh, bird on a vacation to this island you're like i need to make a call um it's implied that it's important for depression reasons i don't know um and the guy's like if you go to the top of the mountain sometimes there's reception here so your job is to get to the top of the mountain by talking to people doing light quests for the other people on the mountain collecting feathers that allow you to uh, fly longer or increase your climbing stamina uh, because this is basically a game about managing the stamina meter for Breath of the Wild but it's like a, it's like an indie game about talking to people but the characters are all boring. The thing here is pe- someone uh, famously on a podcast I listened to compared this to Animal Crossing as in it's a game better than Animal Crossing uh, because you have stuff to do and I'm here to tell you that that person doesn't understand what makes Animal Crossing good or what makes like Breath of the Wild or games like Night in the Woods good either because uh, this is like an intersection of all three but bad looks great it's nice it's got a nice lo-fi style there's like a really chunky like pixelation filter over the whole thing uh, that I think gives it a lot of character um but you go around and you talk to these animals and they don't have personalities really. They, they say like two things for their sub, their side quests. Then you complete it and they give you like a golden feather or some currency to buy other stuff. And, um, 
you just make your way up the mountain and that's it. Like there's not, the only thing to do is progress through the story, but the story doesn't feel dynamic. It's not like journey where climbing a mountain is like an incredible moving experience. It's just, you go up the mountain and sometimes it's a pain in the ass because you have to take a very windy route because you can't just climb up the mountain yet. Um, and I, I didn't finish it, but I don't know if I will because I kind of found it intolerable. Um, part of this is played a lot of this stuff, like yes. this scope of game. Um, and like I named three games that are better and doing stuff and two of them are giant Nintendo games. I understand that, but, uh, it also has like a leave Oma, which I played for novel, not new, like story. That's a game about walking through the woods, uh, with your grandma. And that's a really good game. Uh, some, some of the areas have kind of like a Proteus feel. That's an incredible game that everyone should play. And just like, you know, we do this a long time, a hundred episodes of this. We've been seriously playing games for seven, almost seven years now. And, uh, I've seen a lot of games and so sometimes this come games like this come along and i just don't i just don't feel the hype i'm like i just see other games that i think did the individual aspects better and i don't think putting them together made a better thing out of it um but you know people like it if it seems like it appeals to you watch some videos and it is exactly what it sells itself as it just i think it needed to like go past that or have a better story or something i don't know yeah fair enough sometimes games are kind of bad you know what are you gonna do what are you gonna do yeah. Try not to take it too seriously. I try to keep playing games as we talked about last time. Like, you know, um, as we move through these, as I finish games for game club and have some extra time, I play other stuff. Uh, I think my path going forward is to play the game club game first. And then with any remaining time in the month, I will play anything else that crosses my path. So, yes, I think I will, which is the opposite of how Jackson plays these games. I, I mean, I've, all, I am further ahead of next month's game club than you. Uh, yeah, I, no, as that's a rare, true. Very once rare... you, you jumped on it, yeah. Because like, I was like, what do I play right now? Should I start something new? And then I realized that if I did, then I would be in the same situation again. Um, yeah. Do you want to say anything else? We just want to then talk about our game club this month. We should just get into our game club this month. Game Club this month for episode 100 is Halo. <laughs> hmm. Phil, it's not Halo. We've been we've been joking about this for years, and Phil failed. We didn't play Halo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we said this yeah. years ago. Um, our Game Club this month is Outer Wilds, uh, the 2019 game developed by Mobius Digital, uh, directed by Alex Beecham, like made out of a student project. Uh, from 2012 that like won the uh igf thing in um 2015 you know how old this game is they talked about it on idle thumbs yeah like the the old idle thumbs yeah, yeah. they're all old idle thumbs now oh, <laughs> crying uh, 
Out of Wilds truly is a game about uh, what it means for the world to end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what it means to watch time just stop in front of you. Uh, that is the game. It is, it is uh, from last year. Uh, and it is has come back into the public consciousness by winning a bunch of goatees. Um, which is a, a good way to do it, I suppose. This is one of the most topical things we've ever ever done in terms of like, you know, a lot of people played along this month in a way that doesn't normally happen to a podcast because it's hard to convince a bunch of people to replay Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, you should definitely replay Sonic Adventure 2, though. That game fucking slaps. It's true. And you should say it. <laughs> Chaos Control. Chaos Control. Um, uh, so we're just gonna, you know, Outer Wild is great and all, but fuck that. Let's talk about Sonic Adventure 2 again. <laughs> yeah, so the Sonic, if you Chaos Control back 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Yes. <laughs> Shit. If Shadow the Hedgehog was taking his first flight into space, this game would have been over immediately. Oh, God, he he could get past his anglerfish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the premise of the game is that you play an astronaut for the Outer Wilds, uh, like the Exploration Crew, uh, which is the space program of the Harthians who live on Timberhearth, and you are going to explore their solar system. Um, you go into space and do that, but not before a statue like mysterious statue of the Nomai race that came before in this in the solar system and you don't know what their deal is uh turns to you opens its eyes and like some weird things flash in front of your head but doesn't doesn't matter too much you go into space you start exploring the solar system and 22 minutes later after like poking around talking to some of the like other uh Hathians that have gone to space or finding out some some lore and seeing some of the history uh the the sun goes supernova and uh you immediately die um, and you wake up again at the start of the game, 22 minutes earlier, and the cycle repeats et- eternally until you solve the mystery. It is literally th- an episode of Star Trek made into a video game lovingly over seven years. It is the most space mystery thing, and then the the gameplay presumes from just like figuring out information. There is very little mechanical depth here. It is entirely about context. Other than, like, the simulation itself, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, the mechanical depth is not defined by, like, complex interactions or ways of, like, the ways you can change the space. The space is the space. Oh, no, but the space itself is also, like, the most intense ticking clock that has ever been designed, right? Like, every Hitman level get fucked. By having 20, like, by being able to separate it down to, like, 22 precise minutes that will repeat every time um except for one variable which doesn't interact with anything else like the probe goes off in different directions at the start of the loop but it doesn't ever collide with other planets so it doesn't change anything uh they can like know exactly what's gonna happen and seemingly random things get to become scripted things because that is what how time works right it happens the same way each time in, in this game and so for example like random bits of the planet falling into uh, the black hole in its center are just this like that always goes the same way because that's the way the planet collapses uh and yes. it is able to use this precise scripted nature for like every environmental effect to like extreme ticking clock degrees um yes it's very good um but yeah that's yeah. that's kind of the basic premise in terms of the gameplay um do we want to summarize the story or do we just want to talk about it? What do we? I don't even really, don't really know how to approach this game because it's so open in its structure. 
I mean, I feel like we should briefly, in case you are, you know, you want to listen to this episode, you don't want to play that a while, but you would like to hear the plot. I feel like we should discuss the actual plot before we get into the individual pieces of our experience. Yeah, should we just summarize the plot or should we, like, summarize the whole thing, including the ending? I, I meant that, yes, as in, like, this is the plot, this is the ending, okay. this is what happens. Because the ending is radical in terms of how, like, you know. Uh, yes. So... so 22 minute loop you're going around the galaxy you're exploring there was the nomai who were the ancient aliens and it turns out that they are not the ancient aliens as we think about them they drifted into this space you know some time ago uh but they're from somewhere else and they were looking for the eye of the universe which is a quantum anomaly that they worship um and supposedly older than the universe and you know they they want to find it and they they've been tracking it and they've come here and they got caught by the horrific place that is uh, Dark Bramble, which is a seemingly maybe malevolent, like, s- planet-devouring seed spawn thing? Who can say? It's never really clarified what Dark Bramble is other than it's clearly evil. Um, can a planet be evil? It- yes, absolutely, <laughs> if it's Dark Bramble. Dark Bramble's also not technically a planet. It just erupts out of planets, but yes. Of course it can. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and it captured the, the Nomai ship and it launched three escape pods and they crashed in various places uh, around the solar system. And then in those places, uh, the Nomai set up a civilization which expanded throughout this solar system over the next hundreds, thousands of years, who can say. Um, and they set up a project to continue to look for the eye of the universe because that's what they're going to do, which involved creating like black hole energy to. Uh, because they, they couldn't find the eye of the universe because it's a quantum singularity, which means it moves randomly. And the only way they could think to pin it down is to find where it is and then send that information back in time so someone can go get it where they know it's going to be because you have, you know, thoughts from the future. And the only way you can do that is with an immense amount of energy. So they build this entire project to generate a black hole that allow them to go far enough back in time. They think you need to go about 22 minutes, uh, to find the eye of the universe. Um, they build this, like, the solar system spanning way to track the uh, planet, or the eye of the universe, and uh, get there and figure out what's going on, and the energy to send the information back in time through these statues that link with the person's memories, and then we'll send it back through time when they initiate the loop. Uh, they get this far, and then right at the end, they realize that they do not have the ability to generate enough energy to send someone that far back in time. Like, what would we need? Uh, and their answer is, like, we think we need the power of a supernova. And so they're like, well, what if we just blow up the sun in this solar system? It won't matter because we'll go back in time and it won't have happened. So we can just avoid that. And uh, they do that. Uh, they build a station around the sun to try to blow up the sun. And they can't do it. It does, doesn't work. Like they, They're like, oh, we don't actually have the technology to blow up a sun. <laughs> Shit. What do we do now? And the answer is uh, hope that, you know we can just survive until the sun goes nova it'll take a while uh because stars live a long time and the the answer is um while we wait for that what's that over there (laughs) yeah and so while they're waiting for that they're looking for other energy sources and they find uh a thing called ghost matter that's what it's called right it's it's on the interloper is what they find they find yeah they find the interloper uh and inside they find the ghost matter right yes yeah, I just wanted the, the word is ghost matter, right? Like it's ghost something. I just don't remember what the second word there was. It, it's, it's ghost matter, yes. But I, I, yes, there's not an energy source that they are. I guess they they are hoping it could be. Yes, yes, no, no. So this this asteroid, this like this comet that comes into the solar system every once in a while, uh, loops in. They look at it and they're like, oh, this uh, this interloper thing. Um, 
let's go explore that and they explore that and inside they find uh what they think could be an energy source a huge amount of ghost matter which is a very volatile dangerous piece of matter um and in looking at it uh they meddle with it and it explodes and in exploding wipes out all major forms of life in the solar system unfortunately I, it, uh, it's not them meddling with it. it it just explodes yeah i mean they're in the core when it happens so yes but the it, it is a natural thing that occurs is i feel like that's i feel like the implication is that they should not have been in there and you know might have possibly i guess might have triggered it because like if you go into this core of the interloper there's like a whole thing you're like oh don't touch that and then like the log ends right like um yeah but he's also like um there's the two Nomai in there, and one of them was like, uh, I'm going to stay behind and see what's going on. You need to warn them immediately. And then yeah. that, th- that Nomai gets about five steps out of the room before they died. Yeah. So did not, not clear if everyone. they triggered it or it just broke. One of those happens. Anyway, it wipes out all major sentient life on Earth uh, or in the solar system, which means all the Nomai are gone. Uh, but it doesn't mean that like the life that is like primordial growing up like the Harthians, uh, is interrupted. And so the Harthians eventually grow up and enter into this space. And this is as the, you know, the sun is maturing and you know, expanding or whatever it does. And you get linked to the Nomai statue roughly right around the time to initiate the, uh, you know, the time loop because the sun does go Nova just naturally as all the Nomai are gone. And now you are in the thing that they want to do on purpose on accident and have to figure out that you're in the system, uh, through examining all their records across the solar system and putting it together and then deciding maybe you should go look for the eye of the universe to save your universe, save the solar system uh, and your people get out of the time loop, whatever, you know, motivation you want there. Um, which involves putting together the mass clockwork of the puzzles of this game. Uh, in doing so, you also find the quantum moon, which is a like a Nomai pilgrimage space where they went. It's a moon that travels throughout the solar system. And it's the thing they were tracking because it also sometimes can travel to where the eye of the universe is. And they think it could get you there. Unfortunately, it turns out they were wrong. But when you go there, you find one living Nomai who is quantumly entangled on this moon forever. Uh, because while... They were, you know, destroyed when the thing exploded. They are also here forever. It's like the Nexus in Star Trek Generations. It really is, isn't it? Huh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that Nomai give, fills you in on, like, you know, what the I universe is and everything. And then you decide to, if you piece all the things together at the end of the game, you you figure out that you can use the Nomai vessel and the coordinates that they found and didn't know what to do with. And the power source that powered the project that sends you back through time over and over again. And put that in the vessel instead of powering you back through time and go to the eye of the universe and you go there and at the eye of the universe, it gets very 2001. Yes. And we'll talk about that. And as you wander through the space of creation itself and it's all timey wimey and weird, um, you eventually sit down in like a, you know, a metaphor of a forest, like the one at your home and all of your friends come as like metaphors for the people that you've encountered and touched and all together, you bear witness to the birth of a new universe because there isn't actually, you know, you can't just rewind the fact that the suns explode, but eventually universes die and maybe new universes are born in a new big bang that you bear witness to. 
and uh, the end is new creatures on a new planet, infinitely longer, you know, trillions of years later, also looking up to the stars. Yeah, it does like a 1.43 trillion years later thing at the end, and uh, yes. 14.3 billion years is what it is. Um, and I was yeah. so terrified it was just going to go to the title screen and it was just going to happen again. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh god, are they going to do an infinite loop bullshit? And no, no, thank god. They didn't fuck it up right at the, the final hurdle. They knew what they were making. Yes. Uh, yes. What comes after is not what came before. It would be... Yeah pure cynicism to say it what it must be yeah um and yeah that's the, uh, but the actual the game. game is more about like the wonder of space and contemplating like you know time and space both uh, like of the mind and of the galaxy and full-on star trek awe and wonder kind of stuff in like a very sciencey way uh obviously appealed to both of us because it's literally fucking end of tng is a video game a <laughs> yes uh in preparation for this episode and also because picard happened and was terrible uh i rewatched all good things uh yes. these are which the, not to talk too much about that but a big part of that episode like the final episode of tng is the realization of a like huge time-spanning space mystery that has to be solved uh in order to save everyone um not dissimilar to how in this game eventually it's the point where you piece together a bunch of very disparate parts into like a solution that is wonderful and cool yes and the, the thing that the all good things really uh like the, the thing that really ties them together is that they both um understand that the moment of realization is actually usually pretty small yes um like it's not there are no jaw-dropping twists but there are big but like you put them together and you're like oh right of course shit yes uh, yes and those realizations depending on what they are and what order you did them hit them hit you in like very different emotional contexts uh yeah but they're never like they, they, they don't need to be treated with like a massive music cue and a draw dropping reveal because the information is the thing you you did it with your brain yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the music cues here are always just look at this cool area you're in uh, which right. you know what you know, they're all cool areas they're all very cool yeah. Sometimes they're a bit scary, but usually they're fine. Yeah, sometimes they can be a bit scary. You yes. got you got to take a pick. Either you are the person who is more afraid of the uh, the ocean areas, which is not me. I'm fine with that. Uh, or you're me, and you're more afraid of be being buried alive in a cave. That terrifying, absolutely terrifying. The thing that's actually scary to me is when I turn the lights off and then turn them back on and the cactuses move. That's actually the scariest possible thing. Yes. Uh, the the one, the bit of that that got me the most was there's a bit where you uh, learn about how quantum entanglement works and it works by you like creating complete darkness. Uh, yes. And then... Because if nothing can, observe, can be observed, then the quantum objects can exist in any space. But if you're like so. connected with them, even if you're not observing them, you can move with them. Um yeah. And so you do that and you move to a different room, you find the, the, the law you're meant to find there. Um which is the law you're meant to find there is just the fact you can do that. That's like the um yes. the quantum stuff is the most like actual mechanic part of the game. Yes. Um as you realise the rules of of what is going on. You can still do it all from the start, but it is it, it do, you do have like actual tutorials, like in universe the Nomai yes. built tutorials. The Nomai, yeah, they they built training grounds to teach themselves quantum mechanics. Um and then you come out of that by turning on and off your lights, and all the all the skeletons are standing up that weren't before, 
And I was like, okay, I'm just going to quit out this loop. I already know. I, mi- I missed this entirely. It was it was getting oh. to that room that was the thing that scared me. Just like the rock, the rocks and the cactuses all moving when you turn off the lights. That's the build up to the actual payoff, which is meant to like come as a sting after you've like completed the thing. Yeah, the the thing, honestly, the thing where there was no sting was also creepy because then I had to walk out of there and the cactus was like, you know, like I know how it works, but it's still spooky, right? I walked out of there by pressing the start button. <laughs> Yes, and restarting your loop. I, I do. My one big wish for this game is I think, and I understand why you don't do this because it's a bit dark, uh, but there should be a kill yourself button rather than a reset loop button. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because that's where it could, because there are bits like that where if I'm in space, instead of restarting the loop, I just jump out into space. <laughs> like, Let's go all the way back to episode two and the swapper. Uh, oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> Century of excellence. Yes. This game's better than the Swapper. I mean, not to be not to oh, be yeah, controversial sure. here. I'm just saying when you said "kill yourself," button, I thought of the Swapper, which is a game entirely about killing yourself in weird loops. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, so what? What do we want to? I don't want to like do this because I don't know. <laughs> it's so open and interesting a game. I really liked it. Um, yes. Like we we both just ate this game completely up. Uh, my my, fir- my my arc with it was that I um was like in awe of it at the at the start when it's like the whole solar system is open to you you can go anywhere do anything and there's always new interesting things to find and you kind of exhaust that and then it's like right what do I have in my log what do I have to like piece together things and it becomes a bit more directed and there's more retrying things and the loop suddenly becomes more of a hindrance um because you know, you are, you are going to places at certain times and you sometimes have to wait around. Um, and that, I don't mean that as like a bad thing in the game. It's in, definitely intentional in how it holds to that as a way to, uh, a way for the game to work. But it did shift your relationship to the space. And then um, when you get through that middle section, you are like all the revelations hit you in different orders uh, and you like start to put together the actual mystery and not just put together it but realize look it's obvious because it's a story but you realize oh this is all one mystery and it does have one solution because at the start they're all kind of disparate um yes and the the bits where you and it will be different for every person because it is so completely undirected uh but the part where you put together oh the this these coordinates and that ship and that warp core fuck we're doing this (laughs) Yes. Uh, it's it's very good and then uh the ending makes me cry so much that i was watching uh like essays about it and when they played the clips i cried again <laughs> like um, it's very emotional so the thing for me is like so much of this is like everyone has a slightly different narrative of what they thought the universe like what the answers were or like the reasons behind the answer because the answer is always the same but how you feel about it was very much informed i think by how you go through the game i played this game when it came out briefly i got to the moon um, I got to the cave on, uh, hearth, timber hearth. Yes. Where you find like the Nomai ruins or whatever. And, uh, went to dark brambles. The first place I went to, because I shot the probe into the quantum seed and you go to dark bramble and find feldspar. And I did that. And then I didn't play again. Like I got that far. And that was basically all I did when the game was new until we started doing this. Um, so I hadn't seen most of the stuff. And so I started this time and I, the first thing I did, I was like, you know what? You know, it'd be cool. Let's just go to like the weirdest place on this map. And so the first place I went to playing this game was the interloper. <laughs> huh? Um, 
uh, which involved because I, you know, hadn't played this game, dying ten times trying to get on the interloper consistently, <laughs> and then uh, getting into the interloper was also hard because I didn't quite understand how the mechanic worked. I thought it was like late in the cycle and not just when it gets close to the sun that the inside of the interloper opens up. Wait, um, you you went in you went in the interloper first. Yeah, because I went to the interloper first, but you don't get the information that you can go inside until you bring it. So I was no, no, I was I was on I was on the interloper, and I was like, okay, clearly there's more here than just this thing. It must be that it melts the, as it cycles around the sun. So I'll just wait for the end of the loop, and I spent like an entire loop standing on the thing, um, and eventually found my way in like right near the end. And so I had to do another loop where I got inside um, and got into the center of that after dying to ghost matter like four times. Yes. <laughs> It was an inauspicious start. Anyway, I get inside that, and the thing that I think clearly is the answer here, because I'm like, oh, this is probably meant to be a late game thing, because it was clearly way too hard to get onto, not supposed to do this until you're good at the game, and know to go here and look at this thing, um, is that the Nomai uh, deliberately went in here looking for energy and nudge the interloper like by causing the explosion in the interior caused the interloper to crash into the sun which is what caused the sun to go nova because the interloper basically disappears in the sun at some point towards the end of this game because the sun's getting bigger i didn't think it was because the sun was getting bigger i thought it was because the interloper crashes into the sun causing it to go nova so i was like oh the nomai did this to themselves uh they just fucked up and caused the death of everything um and, and to me like the implication was that like that was like a more recent idea like not that it happened hundreds of years ago but like Oh, they wiped themselves out doing this thing. Um, so I had a very skewed idea of what the solution to this game was, where I was like, oh, then I doomed us all. Um, as huh. I explore their ruins, looking for looking for proof of their hubris and a way to undo it. That is, yeah, okay, that explains why you said the things about the interloper you did, when I'm like, that's not what, that's not, that's, they went there because they were like, well, this isn't working, there's a thing coming, what's going on with this? And then it blew up everyone before they could do anything with it. Yes. Because uh, that's, yes. yeah, I, I, I did go there first and I was like, I tried to go there because I'm like, clearly there's more here, they wouldn't just have one audio log on a... On a, on a on a body on like a celestial body so i i tried to get in a few times but just couldn't do it when i when yes. i when it got near the sun i fell in once but then just immediately burned and because i was early in the game i was like oh maybe at some point you will actually have like a mechanical thing to help you fix that yes uh, so i walked away oh. uh i went and so uh, uh, uh let me let me i'll let you go yeah, yeah, I'll just, I, um so I, when you're done i'll do my like what yes. i did so the thing that happened is after the interloper i just went around and did all the planets like i did brittle hollow first and i just cleared everything in brittle hollow that i could find um took me forever because brittle hollow is big um Fucking tell and that. i yes uh and annoying um brittle hollow is probably my least favorite planet uh because uh fuck the black hole uh basically um anyway um all of that uh so i did i cleared every planet you know quantum moon did everything the last thing I did before, like, piecing together, like, I kind of knew that I had to find the core. I didn't know where the core was to the vessel. I'd been to the vessel. I'd seen the coordinates, but I didn't quite know where the warp core was. The last thing I did before, any, like, putting together the endgame stuff was go to the sun station. So the realization that the Nomai figured this all out, couldn't get the solution, and just died out before they could, like, solve everything was the last piece I had of the puzzle. Oh, I got that much earlier. <laughs> yes so like this game i'm expecting like the reveal of like the final menace of the namai where they finally like technology too much and to get to the very end of like the last piece i needed and realize that like no they just had a solution that they couldn't figure out and they just died out waiting to like find another way was incredible it was like the saddest most beautiful moment in the entire world 
that's that's really good yeah that's not that is very yes. opposite to my playthrough <laughs> yes because um, i i think there's like writing um i didn't go to the sun station like till fairly late but i i did there was writing in like the statue lab and other places that mm-hmm. definitely um not as like directly as the sun station but like there were indications that this was just the sun um and I, I forget exactly where, because when you're playing the game, you don't really know what's important until you know the story. Yes. And at that point, the yeah. whole narrative is in your head as a thing, and let, like the specifics are gone. Um, yes. Which is like good. That's like part of the magic of the game, but it makes these kind yes. of discussions difficult. Uh, yeah. So for me, I, I made a note of where I went. Um, not the whole, not the whole game. I stopped making notes at one point because I was just going back. And oh, forth. I have, I have literally my entire path of the game, but it's not really relevant, honestly. Yeah, because I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven leaps in a row of dying in the dark bramble, <laughs> uh, trying to get to the jellyfish. Um, that is, because uh, I got to Felspar, but then the loop ended right as I'd like reached the jellyfish. And I'd- so the first time I played this game, like when it came out, uh, I I got to the moon. I went under. I went to the cave, like the mines on uh, Timber Hearth, and then got shot out by a water cannon underneath and <laughs> hit the ground and died. Uh, and then I like went to space and crashed and died. And so the, the the third loop, I got all the way to Feldspar and got to the jellyfish. Uh, I crashed my ship into dark uh bramble and had to eva my way in i've never been eaten by jelly or by a anglerfish because the first time i went in there i went in there in eva suit and i was just like very curious and cautious because it looked like a menacing place and uh i think i got to feldspar without even seeing uh a, one of the uh fish i don't know why but i didn't i'd even see one um uh, and everyone was talking about anglerfish i was like what the fuck they talk- that must be on the water planet i didn't go to yet <laughs> when people were talking about them i don't know why um why? Because if you are going like if you are following the uh, the um, waypoint, you are always gonna, you're yeah. going to avoid them because the the white lights are either anglerfish or the things you need. And if the waypoint's oh, on okay. the thing, then you're always going to go to the correct one. That's why you okay. shoot the drone in. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so I got to Feldspar. I got to the jellyfish because uh, Feldspar leads you there if you have enough time. And the first time the sun actually got to go Nova, I was standing in a cave looking at a jellyfish, having no idea why the music got ominous all of a sudden. <laughs> and then time loop. I was like, "What? What happened?" Because I didn't. This is like the week the game came. Out. I didn't realize it was a game about the sun going Nova yes. and time looping. That was not known. Uh, and it was very funny given that I've now seen it happen 700 times, right? Like, uh, it was such a unique experience. Uh, my only other really good, uh, loop story was on, uh, Brittle Hollow. I got to, was it Brittle Hollow? Uh, anyway, the one where you use the gravity cannon and summon, summon the shuttle back, um, and you can get in the Nomai shuttle. That, that I launched cool. the shuttle. I launched the shuttle as the sun was going Nova, and so I watched the sun slowly consume me from this escaping Nomai shuttle, which was very cool. That's good. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, clearly that's part of the solution. No, I never even went back there. I meant to. Never got around to it. Oh, it's, it's either the Brittle Hollow or there's also another gravity cannon on... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, no, Ember Twin. Ember Twin. Um, no. No, no, no. It had to be... Uh, no, you're right. Never mind. I was thinking of something else. Because so the 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 brittle hollow probe that goes to the quantum moon um, is there, and then the probe on the interloper is on the um, is in Ember Twin, and like it's very clearly like intended the 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 interloper stuff. You're meant to like find that you're meant to find that console in the gravity cannon in Ember Twin, or meant to. I mean, the game's designed you can do anything. It, it does understand that. Yes, but uh, it definitely is pointing you towards like 
you bring this back you bring a probe back you're like where the hell is this probe and then from there there's a few audio logs going this went to the interloper uh, and then that's why you know to go oh, to the interloper I never saw those audio I never went back to the, the yeah I never went back to that shuttle because I like I was like whatever I don't think this is the right path here um, and it, nothing ever pointed me back in that direction so I just never went back there so yeah I never saw that because obviously I'd seen the interloper first so I wouldn't have even thought of that as the way to like find the interloper yeah there's a, there's a that, that is the uh, amber Ember Twin gravity cannon situation, and it points yeah, you there. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so, so I started, and I, I went to like the uh, Dark Bramble pretty early on. I went to the Adel Rock because yes. I went to the Adel Rock first. Like, all right, this is where the game says here's the starter place because if, if, if you can talk to the guy at Outer Wilds uh, in the museum at the start, and he'll be like, oh, if you want like an easy start, go go up to see Esker and and the Adel Rock, and you know he'll give you some pointers. So I was like, all right, let's do yes. that. Um, and then that directly points you back to Timber Half as you find the the person who's missing his signal is on um on Timberhalf and you're like what okay let's deal with that so that pushed me to the dark bramble and that was the first mystery I yes. uh, I went and did and then I spent a long time doing Brittle Hollow but I I found Whitehall Station before I went to Brittle Hollow also oh really yeah, that's interesting. I went in backwards and I was like what's going on here so I I, I found the uh, the like the time I pretty early on found that the 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 time you know the reverse oh yeah because when you go back through you get the thing that says ah time's weird when you go through this thing but i took a long time to go to giant's deep because i went there once and just hated the water and was like how do i get down so i only went back once i realized that oh once i, I had everything together i had like the jellyfish thing and i had the um you got to find the anti-clockwise tornado thing uh, yeah and the anti-clockwise tornado thing's really cool because it has a like it's a, it's the thing that this game does really well is like something seems like totally insurmountable but the knowledge you need to beat it is very small like the the yeah. the ways there was there were times that I was doing like big brain genius things that I thought would ha- so you want to know how I thought I would get onto the um get onto the quantum moon sure uh I had flown into the quantum moon it's disappeared many times yes so I was like why can't I get into the quantum moon that way? So then I found the yeah. probe on Brittle Hollow. It's like, this probe went to the quantum moon. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to go through this probe, which means I have to find a way to force the moon to stay at Brittle Hollow. Uh, so, <laughs> and this is already several steps more complicated than anything in this game. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I did was I went to, uh, so I went to uh, Ember Twin, uh-huh. And I went to the quantum moon locator, and I yeah. turned around and I put I, I put a probe on the spinning bit that always looks at Brittle Hollow. I turned around <laughs> and I put a photo on that. So I took a photo of it, and then oh, I- <laughs> this is so much. <laughs> I was like, this is going to work, this, this is going to work, like trust me. This is like some Gabriel Knight 3 shit. Like, this is the... People would be complaining about this for a decade if this was a solution. I know, right? I was like, I was too tunnel vision of how fucking cool this was. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, oh, all these pieces come together. And then it just has that you just kind of sent one dro- drone out and fly directly in. Um, but I, I, Yeah, you just got to take a picture of it. I could never get it to, like, stay for long. Of, like, it did work. It did work, but... Because of how, when you get in the ship, the like your image goes away, uh, and your drone image is different if you're looking on the ship, if you're looking on your scanner. Um, mm-hmm. So that screwed me. And also, I don't actually think that the quantum moon lines up with the gravity cannon at all because that's not how not the solution. Uh, yes. But I, I tried this for a good couple loops. Um, good. 
but yeah uh so all those moments of like it, 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 you get into a state right where you're like this could totally work even though you just you lay it out and it's patently ludicrous yes um what was some of your best like moments of like not the big mysteries but like little discoveries where you're like oh shit um Let's see what what really spoke to me. Um, the realization of how to get into the quantum tower on Brittle Hollow was really good. Yes, because um, I was I was I was fussing around with it, and I was like, "There's no door here," but like clearly there should there needs to be a way into this thing. And I I was like, oh, "I'm just gonna shoot a probe right in there, see what happens or whatever." And so I shoot the probe in and get the like uh stability ranking i was like wait a second that means this place is definitely going to break open at some point not realizing breaking open means the entire thing falls into a black hole but that one was incredible i like that one a lot um maybe my funniest it's not a moment of realization but the funniest thing that happened to me is i get to the sun station i explain this is the very the end of the game get to the sun station uh very like ready to like wrap this up or whatever i'm like okay we're here finally this is gonna be where the last piece of information is because it took me so long to get here even though it didn't have to um and you get to the point where that bridge is broken and I forgot that this place was not, didn't have gravity. I was like, oh, gravity. So I needed to take like the biggest running leap possible uh, between these two broken bridges on the sun station. And I do that and it's zero G. So I push off rapidly with like a full rocket jump and then hit the debris of the sun, like the bridge that is broken up, like with my head and it immediately pushes me down, which is yes! directly into the sun. Yes! Good. I was like, is this, is this, is this going to end with you in the sun? Yes. Yes. It yes, definitely ended with me in the sun. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, yes. Uh, the one for me. Oh, which is just good. The, the one for me was when I was trying to get into Statue Island for a while. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no entrance, but I've walked up the top here. And I've got a probe, and how the hell am I meant to get in there? Uh, and it was when I put in that I can get underneath. <laughs> while it's in space yeah uh did was did i have to do that or could i just swim underneath wait statue what's statue island like what do you mean the island, what is statue island the island where the statues were made on giant steep oh higher the oh yes the, the that thing Stat- um, that is statue lab or statue island that is definitely the yes, yes um you you can get under there in the water which is what i did you oh, just swim down god damn it. it i waited for it to go to space and then zero g went in <laughs> uh so the thing i did the first time i went in there i went under water in the water and i didn't realize because this is the first time i was at giant steep i was like okay get in there good good i didn't realize that the uh when the tornadoes go over it throws something into space i hadn't seen it happen before yeah. so i'm in there and i'm like wait why the second why is it zero g all of a sudden and i'm just out like walking like floating around looking for stuff and the thing that happens is it crashes back down the ground if you're not in the little transporter tube you immediately die which is what happened to me just like immediately four times gravity i get crushed and i'm like what how did this even happen because i had not observed this is what was happening it was very confused yeah, that happened to me in the construction lab that was the first place i went here and i was like what the hell's oh, yeah, going okay. on um, yes. as i was trying because i was in the middle of trying to do the bit where because the construction lab has those like uh i don't know what the word is but you know the cylinder that is made of the um gravity shifting material uh, and i was trying yes. to walk over and follow the path to get to the other side to get to the other audio logs yes uh, or the rhythm logs i guess and then midway through that uh i was suddenly in space <laughs> oh yeah by then i realized what happened so i was very i was very tense going over those and did not encounter a single tornado so that was fine <laughs> um 
But the, the, the zero-g thing does matter because there is an inaccessible part of that lab, um, the statue thing. There's one... There's there's one part of that that you can only get to with a zero g thing, but I, yes, but that ends yes. up that that bit is it, like it doesn't add anything to your log. It's not an important you know you could ignore yeah. it. But but, but I but then I to. realized I could just use the little like arresting tubes and waited till I was in space, and then jumped over. It was really easy. That yes, 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 exactly. Um, uh, the one with the brittle hollow, um, the 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 one that falls into the black hole was funny because I I figured it out. I was like, okay, this is clearly going to fall down at one point. I will just wait here, and I will get into the lab, and it will be great. Um, yes. Then I, so I went there, and I stood underneath, and I waited, and I waited, and I died of lack of oxygen. <laughs> oh, great. Just, you can just go up top. There's oxygen there. Um, not, not if you can't get inside. I was wa- no no no. If you go if you go up the stairs at the top of that tower is like a f- area with there's trees there. You can get oxygen. Yeah, but it was like two percent at that point. Oh, uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I was like, because I, I was like, do I go back up or do I? So, the thing that happened to me is the first time I did this, I, I we all get transported to through the black hole to White Hole Station, and then I look around for the thing because I decided I wasn't going to be in my ship because I was like, oh, my ship's going to get tossed around, not thinking that I also would get tossed around. And so I'm in my EVA suit and I see the 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 tower floating in space. I was like, okay, gonna go to that. Uh, very bad at controlling my forward momentum. Smash directly into the tower and die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that stuff is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, the, I also had some other like real sudden good moments of like. Uh, so right at the end, I was trying to get into the Ash Twin thing, and I, I, the way yes. I, the way I worked out my um map was I, I did, I did all the question marks. Everything was uncovered by the end, but the okay. last things I did in order were the Quantum Moon, the Ash Twin warp core, the vessel, and the probe. Um, ah no, I, I I got the coordinates pretty early, um, but I still had one thing, uh, un un you know uh, there was still one thing covered up on the probe, but then it ended up being a confusion thing that I didn't interact with when I went there the first time. I was like, why have I not got all yeah. three? Yeah. I thought I've been to all three places, and then turns out I hadn't interacted with the right thing in the first place, even though I didn't need it at that point. But whatever. Um, but I ended up going to the big reveal places last. Uh, together, rather, like all the mysteries built basically simultaneously for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like prioritize, like I should go to the small things first. Always expecting, like it got to bits where I was thinking, okay, I'll always be certain of what to do. Uh, I should always be certain about what to do. Um, but th- that wasn't always true. I got to bits where I was like, okay, I am, I'm here. I have. There's no nothing more I could find out. How the fuck do I get inside Ash uh, Ash Twin Core? And then I would think for ages, and then like about three minutes before the sun was due to explode, was like the tower. There's a tower that I can go in for the tower. Uh, it doesn't just take me off the planet; it can take me into the planet. Um, mm-hmm. And then go there, uh, and um, suddenly, like, oh, how the hell am I meant to get in when the sand's here? And like, as the sand comes up, realizes I could just like balance against the ceiling. Uh, and run in mm. at the last second, which meant when I got into the Ash, uh, Ash Twin Core, I ran in, and the first thing that was greeted me was like one minute till end of loop on their like t- because they've got a timer inside. Oh, good, yes, yes, <laughs> I yes. I was like, ah, and there's so many things to read. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that was one of my highlights. Yep. 
Yeah, when I did Sun Station, I definitely sat on the Sun Station and waited for the sun to consume the station when I finally got to the end of it. Because it was like, ah, three minutes, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to go back. That'd take too long. I'm just going to let the sun eat me, which was nice. It was very grim. You definitely get to, like, uh, a point of just, um, I don't know what the exact word is, but, like peace and just okay what am i going to do with this realism of the of the loop right uh, yes it becomes less about the filling at the time and the wonder and what all right just it's easy sometimes it's easy to die and reset um yep. in a very natural like yes this is what act three of every time loop story is like yeah except it's happening to me now yeah um do you want to talk about the ending uh you mean the best thing in the game yeah yeah so um the game throughout is good, right? Like, the whole game yes. is very good, and it has these, like, moments you can talk about and go, oh, shit, when I went there, this happened, and, like, it basically exists to facilitate this kind of conversation. Um, yeah. And so, going into the final act, I was like, put everything together, I found the coordinates, I found the, the core, um, I was like, okay, I've got it, We're, I'm gonna take the core out of the thing, which, I was worried there was gonna be a permadeath mechanic, <laughs> Um, and instead, there's yeah, a- I also I also thought that and looked it up and no, and then I do you you sent me a message like can you can you fail and I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I won't like be specific, but can you can you can you fail because you take out the warp core which turns off the time loop and then you have to go through the dark bramble where the anglerfish can kill you uh, and I yeah. died and broke the universe. Um, yeah, and they knew they put a kazoo ending in there. Um, yeah, that's actually not the main place to get that. I realized I looked it up. Oh, really? The, Where's the main? The place? main place to get the you destroy, destroyed space time ending is if you take out the warp core uh, from the high energy lab while the um, probe is going into the black hole. But ha- like, because you know the 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 probe comes out of the white hole earlier. If you take the mm-hmm. white warp core out before it fully goes through, but after the image, the like time image has come out the other side uh and you like break causation and there's two probes in existence um then the game ends and plays the kazoo ending and there's lots of youtube videos huh. people i don't know how i don't know how you would naturally come to that <laughs> because you the high energy lab has the two the black hole and the white hole in it right yeah uh, and you shoot your probe in and it comes out earlier yeah uh and it like that effect increases the more you do it and if you turn it off midway through you can have two probes in existence at once Huh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even thought of that as a thing you could do. Yeah. Um so yes, that's very good. But anyway, so that happens, you make it through, you get there, and it's like, what kind of statement could there be at the end of this, right? Like the mystery yes. has been so all encompassing and yet so small. All the reveals of the yeah. anticlimaxes, um, ha like deliberately so, what do they do yes. to like wrap this up in a single statement? Uh, I mean, after talking to the Nomai on the quantum moon, I felt I, I was like, the answer clearly has to be some cool ass quantum shit. <laughs> yes, uh, it was like I've seen two thousand and one, <laughs> right? Like, yes, uh, yeah. We're gonna get in. We're just gonna go. It's metaphors, and the answer was yes. Uh, and going into the quantum moon, uh, the 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 eye of the universe, even I guess. Um, and you are greeted with like, uh, first of all, you're greeted with like the museum, but it's just a completely pitch dark monument to all of existence yes uh is so good and yes. then you kind of walk through an abstract forest where the, all the stars are exploding um yeah and you realize it's not just this sun it's everything the universe is dying and there's not there's no 
there's no there's no time loop for that the universe is just dying and this just happened to happen during it um yeah or you've been in that forest for billions of years one of those <laughs> yeah one of those um I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Like, the ending is so... Because yeah, no. there's a lot of YouTube videos and, like, because I went and looked up on Reddit, people go, oh, what happens at the end? Do you, like, make a universe together? And it's like, yes and no. Like, none of the ending's real. Yeah, I mean, like, the metaphor of your friend singing universe in existence only, to me, gives it its flavor. Like, the universe would have died and been reborn regardless. Yes. Right? Like, it's a natural process. That is, like, the, we, the universe is made through your singing because that is what the world is. It's... The universe is yeah. made for all of our song. It's a very simple metaphor. I've watched the show before. I've yeah. read a book. Like the, uh, the universe is like an egg of the new universe. It's yeah. not like it's not the machine by which you solve the problem of universes die. This is an interpretation of the ending that's very common. Is that without you doing this, the universe would never have been rebooted because you wouldn't have been there to sing the new one into existence. Which I feel is a very myopic like view of what these games themes are. Yeah, I feel like that um, misses the point. <laughs> I feel like the Namai, like, by their worship of the Eye of the Universe, like, just reveal it to be, like, the thing that is, like, it exists as a thing that defies time because it is a new time, right? Yes. Um, and so you go in and you, like, solve these light puzzles to find the instruments um, of all of the astronauts and also yeah. uh, find the nomai from the quantum moon if, if you found her yes apparently that's totally optional which i can't imagine playing this game and not going to the quantum moon yeah i i, I don't know i why would you do that <laughs> yes uh, getting the quantum moon was like my goal since like hour one of playing i was like i definitely need to go to that wandering moon it's so cool it's the quantum moon <laughs> yes uh and what you did is you just like play that song and you it's the song from the opening of the game it's the main theme and everyone like yeah. all of the like disparate parts that you can find of the scanner come together as you watch the universe die and be born and it's just the most beautiful possible way to end it it's so good yes yeah it's really great um i i just thought it was fantastic like some yeah what is there what better thing is there to do at the end of the world than watch it with your friends like sometimes that you know sometimes it's bad luck and you were born in an era while the world was dying um yep. and that sucks but there's you know this is this is what it is <laughs> yes um and the way it found like uh you know uh made that into something beautiful was very good especially in terms of um you spend so long thinking that there's like i, I put together pretty quick that there probably wouldn't be a solution to this to get out of the loop i th- like I realized that was going to be the thing they were going to do pretty early on, but I didn't realize how. Um, I didn't realize the like emotional context they were going to give that. Right, like mm-hmm. uh, the the game doesn't like it. It does things throughout that you think are like cool touches, but you realize no, this is what the game. If the game didn't have the ability to sit around every fire and make a marshmallow, the game would be broken. In a yeah. way that it wouldn't be broken if you replaced one area with a different area. Yeah. Um, and so it like revealing that core right at the end was just uh, very moving. Yeah. It's not about it's not about charting nebula. It's about sitting around fires and roasting marshmallows. See you out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's literally that. I mean, there's no. Sorry to spoil all good things. We tried not to earlier, but it is. It is that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I won't be dire- any more direct uh, about it, but this, it's just the end of Star Trek TNG. Like, exactly. 
Yeah. Um, it's really good. <laughs> and it happens to you rather than to uh, Patrick Stewart. Ask for questions. We love questions. Uh, if you want to send us emails, you can send them podcast at abnormalmapping.com. That can be about anything. Uh, game clubs, other games, thoughts on whatever. Uh, we ask people for questions on both Outer Wilds and episode 100 of Normal Mapping. Thoughts about Normal Mapping, whatever. So we got a lot of them. First question uh, was from friend of the show, Dia Lucina. How much will this game piss me off? Okay, so I don't know in what direction this question is uh, is aimed, though I have a pretty good guess. <laughs> uh, when I confronted Dio with this, she said, I sent the question, you figure it out. Okay, uh, so... To which... <laughs> to which I one like I would like an answer both for this game, The Outer Wilds, and just a general question of how much this game will piss me off, or the game can be anything. Game is X. Um, so... Having talked to Dia about a lot of space things, um, I like my immediate response was, "Oh, is this game the fucking like Outer Worlds colonial exploration game?" Right? Was my gut of what this question could be about? Oh no, I think she just think it's annoying, oh, and tedious. I thought it was going to be like, play. "Will it be as bad as all the other bullshit that everyone says is good?" Oh, you know, no. Uh, 
I'm, that's clearly not the thing because the game doesn't have any of that. I think she just wouldn't like the video. Game. Oh yeah, which we have people in the Discord who just don't like the video game. Like some people just bounce off the the clockwork puzzle, and I get that if that's not for you. It definitely was for us, so we didn't cover that. But this game is weirdly divisive. Some people just do not feel it at all. I don't think the game part will piss Deer off uh, because she's Shemmy two ten out of ten. Show me three to out of ten. That's true. Um, Fair enough. If you want to wait around for some sailors, but the sailors are like the awe of the universe. Um, yeah. I mean, but sometimes it's like, I need some sand to uncover this building I need to get into, but not too much. Yeah, no, the very final puzzle of the game has a seven minute, like, start time. <laughs> yes. So you, you can only do it a few times. Like, if you are, if, if you die to those Anglerfish a couple times, that is like 45 minutes of waiting. Um yep. Because of this thing in the game. Yeah, I think the game's um, uh, pretty fine. I don't think it'll piss you off too much. Uh, Bukanan asks, or actually just sends Happy 100 out of wilds, baby. Out of so. wilds, baby! <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's the question. Yeah. Um, uh, our friend Tilly sends in, if you could go back to the beginning and start the podcast over again, how would you do it differently? Are there any games you covered that you'd like to revisit? Congratulations on the Century of Excellence. Oh, if we go back to the beginning, how would we do it differently? Uh, we would do... We would have started doing podcasts that weren't about video games earlier. Yeah, I think I, I think we would have covered, like, contemporary games probably sooner than we've... You know, this is the year, like, we have a couple of games that are, like, from last year coming up. Mm-hmm. One from this year that we're going to do in this year. Um, which is, you know, not what a normal mapping is about, but it gets people interested in a way that is, uh, sad, but the reality of the situation. Yeah, we've been spending so long fighting, it's like, no, we're gonna make sure we're not topical, we're gonna keep, like, things evergreen, and the podcast will still be evergreen, you can go back and listen to all of them, even though I probably disown anything I said more than three months ago, because I'm, you know, growth is like that, but they're all listenable and good. Um, yeah this is the first like we are doing a podcast in january about a game that everyone has replayed in goatee season like um and shockingly the response has been just like exponentially bigger than anything we've ever done and it's not like huge because we're a pretty small podcast but if you play a game that people are talking about you get a more people pay attention which while a bummer on some level because like i said you should all play sonic adventure 2 with us um is is just the reality of we're making things online yeah, for sure. Any game you'd like to revisit? I would like to revisit. Ooh, I'm... Like, if we could do it all again, which one do you think we need to take a mulligan on? Ooh, that is a that is a hard question. I don't actually know. There's games I think we shouldn't have done more than yeah, games I think we, we shouldn't have done. Algae for a dead world. Yeah, probably shouldn't have done Tony Hawk's Project Eight. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, it's a good game, but like that episode. I mean, I haven't revisited, it, but I bet it's bad. And like, it's not a game we should have covered, right? I mean, we've definitely become more aware of like we can't really do like an episode on a sports game, right? We can't really. There are games that just do not fit the framework of our discussion. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have done Dumb Way Cry Three. Yeah, I think that was both a waste of time and like not a great podcast just because of who we are. We didn't know until we played it, though. And the thing is, a lot of this is a lot of the games. You're like, why did they pick this one? It's because we wouldn't have played it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, Devil May Cry Three was absolutely that, and then we just thought it was bad and boring. And yeah. we're like, oh, this yeah. wasn't good. And everyone was like, this is the most classic action game of the 2000s, and it's you know, so we were just grumpy. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the whole, uh, I it's think these are it's all... not really it's not really a podcast game, but I would like to revisit my. 
I would have liked to be able to play Final Fantasy 13 for my Let's Play after we had covered everything through 12. Yes, but then that you would have been doing a Let's Play of Final Fantasy 15, uh, 13 this last year. Yeah, no, no, I know that. Like, yes, it doesn't work out at all, but you know. Yeah, no, I. I also felt the pulse to just do an episode on thirteen after twelve, but we don't have the time. Also, I don't want to replay it. I just wish I'd played it in context, like after I was done twelve. I, I do want to replay it. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm scrolling through the list. Most of these are pretty good choices and interesting enough. I think that they're you know nothing. I we should have just not played Beyond Good and Evil. I think that's like low-key one of the biggest mistakes we didn't we know because i thought i was gonna love that game everyone that game said it was sucks. good and it's fucking really bad god yep uh the one thing the one thing i will say and we don't really do it much anymore is there was a lot of games here the your vanquishes your binary domains uh your what's that game about a ghost what's the ghost game murdered soul suspect yes that we picked because like murdered soul suspect was someone were... else was paid that was someone else's pick sure but, like, a lot of games are, like, games that were beloved by, like, as, like, cult games by games journalists last generation. And the thing that we realized is that being a games journalist can sometimes make it skewed where, like, you just want to play something that isn't Call of Duty or a Skyrim. And you're you're willing to accept a game that is otherwise unremarkable because it feels incredible next to the games that you were foisted upon every six months um and by and large whenever we play one of those we both have a really bad time <laughs> yes um it is interesting how those always go uh yeah like vanquish is a little bit of a different beast because it's still like the vanquish defenders are out there still to this day um yeah people still said the only good shooter they're wrong they're i just they're just wrong just play play bayonetta just play bayonetta yeah yeah, but like this happened with Titanfall two. That was last year. Titanfall two is absolutely one of these. Um, yeah, yeah. Binary demands totally one of these. Um, they're fine, but they're not like great in the way that everyone thinks they're great. I just don't buy it. Like you listen to these episodes, like we just came across these same things over and over again. It's like why are people gaga over this? Like there's six other games that do this better. There's all from ten years ago. <laughs> um, what are the games that appear like that that we just that aren't like that we just really like? I'm trying to think of. Are there any games that like? I mean, they're always they're always they're always a little older because I think of like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines or Zelda Enders Two. Like those are those are older games, so like they don't really fall quite I mean, into this category. Zelda Enders right? Two totally is that we kind of we like the game, but the story's bad. Like we did come away thinking the game was yeah. bad a lot of ways, uh, even though I like Shadow of the Colossus it. was one of those that I I played a couple times and didn't like. You know, so uh, Shadow of the Colossus is excellent though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I we I feel like uh, all the ones that I, like I feel positively about this are just older, like Grim Fandango. Like that's a game that is a cult favorite, but also it's from like '97, right? '98, something like that. Yeah, so. I'm trying to think of like a cult favorite that's not like an indie game, right? From the last yeah. decade, um, you know, you can go back to 2007, you know, 360 onwards type game of this caliber that I think is actually as interesting as people say, and I I can't think of one. I'm sure one exists. Assault on Dark Athena. There's another one on this list, right? Like that's you know, that game. I like that more than most of the games you've mentioned here as one of these. But yes, it's also hey, like come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's weird. Games are weird. Uh, our next email comes in from Raymond, uh, who says the Outer Wilds is good. One of my favorite things about it is uh, the ability to craft stories that are different for everyone, made out of similar parts, which is yes, basically what we spent half of this podcast doing. <laughs> um, yeah, because it, it is a game. It's an engine for those stories. Exactly. Uh, has a good story about going after the probe cannon here and immediately crashing into it and dying. 
Um, which I did. I did go out. Did you ever go after the probe? No, I didn't even think to do that. I totally did. I was like, wait, there's a that is shooting something out. It's not just blowing up. That's shooting something every time. And I found it. You can't go inside. It's there's nothing there. <laughs> um, I thought there must be something inside there. There's no reward. for Yeah, my guess that would have been like I didn't even think there. Would, like I was like, that's a graphical effect. That's not a real object. I didn't even think to go after it. <laughs> yeah, you totally can find it, but it, you can't go inside. There's no audio or anything to like. Not even a little thing to uh, take it off in your log. It just you just fa- can't find it. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying. Did anything happen while you're playing Outer Wilds that was so unbelievable? You hesitate to tell the story. Oh, they did tell a story of yes, the probe crashed into yeah. their ship. Yes, it's a very good story. We've got a billion emails, yes. but I appreciated it. Yes. Um, also, saying to check out the the speed runs and the shipless speed runs. Yeah, immediately did. Immediately went to see what kind of yes. dumb speed runs there were for this game. Uh, yes. Because obviously. Um, and just being very nice in general thank you for the email Uh, yeah uh, we've got one from James uh, that is Outer Wilds the first game in a long time to make me go uh, damn video games can be this Uh, did you have a similar moment in the game or with another game in recent memory um there's uh, they were just talking about like the realization as they picked together this game uh, this might be their favorite video game of all time so many holy shit moments uh, yeah, uh, for me, it was definitely when I was putting together, like, the solution to everything. Like, oh, I need to get in the vessel. I need to use that to get to the eye of the universe. Like, it, you know, the, the, when I had the all good things moment, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Um, and then LV's question. Uh, played a bit of Outer Wilds, but had to stop when I got to the gas giant planet. I grew up in a place where lots of tornadoes happen uh, and also have what people call the deep sea willies. So being so suddenly and violently thrown in the sky or slowly sinking into the deep endless ocean uh, was pretty bad for me, actually. Is there anything like that for you in the game or has there been games that hit on a specific fear of anxiety that isn't just like violence, jump scare, horror game stuff? Um Yes, for me, it was the, you know, I said earlier, the being buried alive in the sunken city. Um, yeah, I, 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 the scariest moment in the game was still the uh, the statues and the, the quantum stuff. Um, but in terms of just like fears of, that I have in real life, being buried alive is a much bigger one of those because it's not like a horror moment in the game. It's just very anxiety inducing to yeah. happen to you. Um, yeah. I find I find like houses spooky. So like I found Gone Home it's, it's really hard to play, even though yep. it's not like it's. It's just like a nice, like, not even the jump scare. The jump scare was actually, like, the least one of those. It was, the rest of it is, like, when you go to an empty room and the TV's on, right? Like, uh, that stuff gets me. Yeah, the um, demo for the Paris apartment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, which I think is just a video of some CG Paris apartment thing that they made. Uh, and it's terrifying. It's, like, it is just gone home, PT, whatever, but it's not a video game that's a horror game. It's just a video of a real house that uh, they simulated it's just as scary mm-hmm. um, uh, my answer for this uh, is uh that game the missing that is that people you know that's very game that is bad now um, yeah but i couldn't play it because every five seconds there's a bone breaking noise um uh, yeah fair there's enough. the press button to break your there's a press button to break your bones mechanic um in that game oh skate uh yeah it's just like skate <laughs> uh, and uh, I broke my arm very badly as a child, and I'd still to this day. <sighs> yes. Um. Uh, we have a question from James. Uh, Outer Wilds is dope. Uh, 
enjoyed the game. Goes on to compare it to Outer Worlds and uh, talks about how the ways in which that game often seemed to disappoint a lot of people uh, and what we thought about games, even uh, without the resources to do things like physics in the intense way this game does, could better get across the idea of you are in different spaces that are unique and meaningful and worthwhile because Outer Wilds does being in space is good. Um, Which is true, it does. I would say that there is no shortcut, and the only way is to have a person make something deliberately um, with as much time. Like, you can do this with text games, right? It's not about the technology, and they use the technology they have here. Like, it's not not about the technology, right? Like, the, it a but also this mystery could have theoretically been made in a lower scale way. It works because yeah. it is a team intentionally making the space as cool as they can with the technology they do have um and sculpting the mystery with like a hand that like matters it's not about yeah uh we've got some combat mechanics and some enemies and let's see how this bounces out it, like it's Tacoma is another one of these right it's just like it's incredible i wish there were more games like this they don't exist because it just takes time and work from humans you need yes. to spend a long I'm, time sorry i'm interrupting you you go the other thing i was going to say is like understanding how spaces are designed like architecturally is important when i think of games that do this well i think of and you can go back to our episodes on these you can go back to yakuza 3 you can go back to yes. attack of the friday monsters which are like games that give you spaces that are realistic that you revisit time and time again a lot of this is part of the repetition like the reason you understand the outer wild spaces so well is because you go through most of them over and over again yes. uh and so you understand what the planets look like like everything is very like readable parsable in a, like obviously the buildings act like buildings the things that are organic act like things that are organic but with like an eye for direction right like sight lines and you know the hand of a designer making a space readable is also very important um but a lot of it is just like you know go to places over and over again it, it'll build up in you i think of like the pre-rendered backgrounds in like final fantasy 7 and 8 which have been coming up lately as yes seven remake inches closer and how like iconic they are because a they are good art but b they are be like well designed and you just like get them ingrained into you because they are that yes um waypoints are the death of games um mm -hmm. i i'm not like a hundred percent strong on this like you know i'll turn them on in games that have them usually because it's because once they are an option in how you design the game the space doesn't account for being readable on its own often um but like i did yeah it's just designing a game with the intent to have it be explored intuitively and repeatedly uh like this game needs you to go okay i need to go north and north is the here and this relates to this thing and the way it relates to those things is very precise um and that's just the thing that is fairly rare in especially modern big games but yep. was not it's not like a thing that's been rare forever that's what you know you go back to 2d older games and this is there all the time this is every zelda game um yeah uh like exploring space is a big part of video games and i i think it is decreased in its importance because of the like amount of money it costs to make spaces in hd and stuff but i do yeah. i do appreciate it there's no shortcut you just have to have people do the work for it and that's why it's hard 
Uh, we have an email from Brian. Uh, his question uh, is about walkthroughs. With a game like Outer Wilds, what are your feelings on using a walkthrough? Natural discovery seems an important part of the experience, but I'm banging my head against certain parts of Outer Wilds. Feeling a tension between toughing it out and looking up an answer. I don't want to lose the magic, as it were, but I'd also like to see what the game has to offer. At what point would you say looking at a walkthrough is justified? When might it stop you? When it might stop you playing it further? Or any other examples of games where you felt the same tension? Um, my quick answer is uh, I played a lot of games, and I will, if I get stuck, I will look something up because I don't like unless it's like I'm playing Mist, and the whole point is to solve puzzles. I hate being stuck. Um, and I, it, I'd rather just look up the thing. It does not rob the game of its mystique for me. Uh, I know some people can feel that way, but it's like the things I appreciate in games are so rarely like the act of get, like beating them, right? Like it's mm. the art or the, the tone or like things that you can gather regardless of how you play. Um, I mean, this is also like, does it count to have played a game if you watch a let's play? And for most games, yeah, I think it does. Like who cares? Um, uh, for Out of Wilds, when I got stuck on something, I looked it up. Uh, I didn't know how to get to Black Hole Forge. I looked that up. Didn't know how to get to Sun Station. Looked that up. Um, if I was really stuck on something, I would just look it up. Because, like, what am I going to do? Like, bash my head against, like, six cycles and be mad? Um, I started that with, like, the interloper and got all of that out of my system. So when I got stuck after that, I would just look it up. Um, yes. Um, I also think it's fine. I do understand some of the anxiety about, like, games like this. Because if you knew that you needed to put the warp codes... It, if if you knew at the start that you had to put the warp codes in the vessel to go to the the either universe um like figuring that out is the thing in the game yes uh, so you don't want to the, the when i was looking up a guide uh for directional and stuff i i really liked the ign guide mm -hmm. um which gives you at the beginning it gives you a like general like path suggested path to get all this stuff but also it would just break down the planets be like on this planet are these six things you should go to them and it wouldn't tell you what any of them are for necessarily like oh you go to giant's deep you'll find the codes and here's the thing you've learned you've learned code coordinates to the eye of the universe not what to do with them just that they that's the thing you get um to like put that in your mind is like oh this is what i gained out of this so when i someone says codes i know oh i have codes codes are a thing i picked up there yes you know which is a, a thoughtful way of doing this sort of stuff but i generally err on the side of looking things up because i'm impatient and i don't care anymore really yep. i mean i uh the, i grew up with like nintendo power as like actively part of my playing video games and like players guides and stuff so I remember, like, I played RPGs with just the guide open, like, to help me get through them. Mm -hmm. That's how I got into JRPGs. So, like, this sort of thing is just, I don't, I don't really have the tension much. Oh, absolutely. I also would look things up. Uh, I think that, I mean, I didn't use a walkthrough because I had you and Molly, who had already played the game. So instead of having to do the, like, which of these guides will tell me the thing I actually want to know, I just asked you. Because um, uh, yep. you'd done that before. I'd be like, ah, what do I do? How the fuck do I get to the Black Hole Forge? It's the top thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is the whole thing. Um, yes. So I, I would always ask uh, ask people, but it's the same function, right? Like, I would I would look things up. I think the game there's a game that has solved this, and only for its form of game. Um, but the game that has solved this exact problem uh, is The Room 2 and all the subsequent Room games. Um, yeah. The perfect hint system of just except for the part at the end game of room three where they throw out all the good work they did to make something that sucks uh yes that's because the room three is not as good as any of the other room games um, yeah but generally that hint system is like perfect it'll just enough time would have passed where you're like fuck it what do i do next and they're like yep. 
it wouldn't work for a game like Out of Wilds. It could only work for like a moment by moment, like there's a step guide puzzle game like the room but uh that just has it built in it's amazing it doesn't break the game at all it does not make the puzzles worse yeah uh kim sends an email uh really enjoyed the game uh her question is what celestial body did you spend the most time on and which did you find the most aesthetically interesting Ooh. i mean i spent the most time on brittle Hollow. yeah i spent the most time on brittle hollow because it's huge and you fall into the black hole every five minutes um, yes but aesthetically interesting i don't know i liked all of them i think mine would probably be uh ash twin which is funny because it's also like the most annoying planet <laughs> yes ash twin but i good. love i love everything about how it works i think it's so cool yeah uh i would probably have to agree like there's an entire column of ash collecting two planets in the air that's cool enough so that's the point in both yes. of those uh, but then the Ash Twin and all the towers and everything. Yep. Uh, it's much better than Ember Twins, just uh, red rocks. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we have an email from Dan. I think we answered all these except the last one. Did your little scout continue exploring? Mine did not. Uh, mine did not. I didn't. Why would I send my... Pro- I, was, it, I was just full on, oh, this is just a walk through it and things happen endgame. So I didn't send yes. the... I did not even think to send the scout up because uh, I've been trained by too many video games. Um, I feel like I do this a lot in a way that, you know, I'm not Vinny. Um, there's an amazing video of Vinny breaking Grand Theft Auto V uh, because that game is made by cowards who hate you. Um when he tries to do anything fun but generally when a game gives me a role i will uh play it yeah um, i don't try to break it or bust out of what i meant to do because usually i'm going with the game i'm the game says do this i will do this and we'll go together uh and that's how i was at the end of Adam wilds yeah um I agree with that. Uh, friend Camille sends in a question. I think we answered, but I'll give you another run at it uh, if we miss something here. Uh, sorry to be a negative Nancy, but are there any episodes from the first time that you regret making? Whether it's something you feel you didn't get enough time to, something you feel iffy about shining a light on in hindsight, or just playing a bad game. I feel like all the ones I feel iffy shining a light on are all on uh, Novel on New, which, you know, we played Valhalla. Two games in particular, I think, are bad uh, and made by criminals. So... Yeah, no, Valhalla is um, right on this list. I think there are games that we didn't do a great job on. Uh, for sure. What games? Which ones? Because um, I, I linked the past as high on mine. Did that too early. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, let me go through these and look at these real fast and see what, like, I'm like, hmm, like... You could say that uh, you like a normal person would feel bad for doing an episode on two David Cage games, but one we didn't know at the time, and two I still like one of those games a lot, uh, despite itself. So you know, sometimes you just uh, do your thing. No, that's one of our um, early better episodes. Atelier Rorona was a bad episode. Yes, and we had a hard time with that one. Neither um, me or Destiny finished out. it. Yes. Um, remember we did less plays I still don't know why we did an episode on Framed I don't like that episode I'm the only one Framed Jackson is fine. It's, fine it's a good game it's an interesting game I, do- I don't understand your like Framed hatred I don't get it yeah. meanwhile I, th- I feel like you feel that way about Lily Child of Geos which is a game I, I think that episode's fine and I enjoyed playing <laughs> that game's it. funny to me because I think about it a lot and I'm, I, I think about how it's made by criminals but in a way that we couldn't tell why is that game about like weird creep photos of her like yep. <laughs> what yeah yeah um 
I I think we shouldn't have covered five Tomb Raiders in a single episode. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Hindsight's really nice like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Probably shouldn't have watched um, the Max Payne movie. Eh, look. It's fine. I don't think it hurt our episode to have watched the Max Payne movie. Should we have done Knights of the Old Republic 2? Does being the obnoxious Knights of the Old Republic 2 haters help us? Eh, it's funny because all our friends like it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of I don't know I feel like we've done an okay job generally yeah the, the podcast is usually good we've been bad in our lives more than the podcast <laughs> we bad. really should have done Deception 4 that was a mistake we did we corrected that, that during the production of the episode yes 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 we, um, we, we probably shouldn't have done Iron Honda yeah but you know we were we were that was like deep in the i don't want to talk about a video game ever again in my life give me 90 so. minutes of a dumb square shooter please yes yes <laughs> and let's let's go home yeah you know what fair enough yeah yeah definitely should have shouldn't have played god of war 2018 but that, that wasn't for a podcast that wasn't for a podcast that was just for a mistake <laughs> yes um, we have an email from our friend Briar. Greetings, Traveler. If you're reading this, my plan has worked out and his message has returned to the start of this cursed <laughs> time loop. You still have time to fix all of this. In the meantime, I've been playing this fun video game where you get wasted by the sun over and over until you figure everything out. It was pretty damn good if you ask me. Um, Briar talks about being... Rel- There's a lot of people who are like, relatively new to our network, so thanks, everyone. You know, you can always go back to the old episodes. I think most of them are listenable well enough. Uh, it's funny to listen to us be wrong about things. I love when people bring up times where we said something declaratively that's just clearly not true. Give me a good example. <laughs> a Pokemon's going to be open for <laughs> years. Give me another example, because you can't use that every time. Uh, I don't know. Someone said something I said, but I never remember when I'm wrong. Oh, so. you only remember when I'm wrong. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay, you know, what we going to do? Yeah. Uh, but Briar basically says, uh, abnormal mapping the network is a good chance to stick with things that otherwise you would drop. And honestly, we use it for that all the time too. I literally started Gundam because I was like, Jackson, we should watch this show together. I'm never going to watch it otherwise. That was a good choice. <laughs> yeah, it was a good choice. I had no idea at the time. Um, not to go back, we probably shouldn't have done Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. We didn't know. I mean, I kind of knew, but I wanted to have done it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Grace sends us an email. Outer Wilds is one of the many things that resonates me because it's about confronting the plausible meaninglessness of one's existence. You face your death and sing it into being rather than running. I'm a religious person, for lack of a better term. And I suppose if I was pressed, I would say that I believe in an afterlife. However, relying on a certainty of continued life strikes me as a shallow way to live. So I've always been drawn to work that tries to confront what life can mean without a guarantee of immortality or continued meaning. Uh, With that set up, here are some questions. What are other video games slash pieces of fiction about making meaning and meaninglessness that resonates with you? Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. When it's good. <laughs> yeah, when Star Trek's good and not Imperialism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gundam. Gundam's also this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I it's a, like a central theme of a lot of things I like, but yeah. not necessarily like totally foregrounded. And I don't like it when it, you know, there are things that are this for everyone else that I think are not just, you know, this is the most generally anti Yoko Taro podcast at least by the stat you know not in totally I still want to play oh right I guess technically Nier's about this but right exactly (laughs) (laughs) this is what everyone says about about Nier and Amada and they're wrong Um, 
I don't even like it in the first Nier. Like, I like Nier 1 a lot, but not for any of that stuff. I actually think when it does that stuff, it's at its weakest. So. Yes. Um, I think building off that, and instead of being just mean about Yoko Taro, which I could do very easily, but it's cheap. It's cheap. Uh, so I try not to do it too much. Um, is that when it works the most for me is not when it's that overwrought about it, right? Like, I like it in the quiet like moment like in in this game it is mostly about how you read all these messages and you figure out this mystery but the thing that you also start to put together is who was like in a relationship with who who you know the way you figure out the like web of relations of the nomai and that culture and their life being not the mystery you're solving but also the actual thing that matters uh is -hmm. like a much better expression than that than like games that are about everyone dying and how do we carry on um which is how this art can Uh, often go this is what i this is like truly innately i'm not galaxy running here this is just my general opinion this is what i think minecraft is about um minecraft is a game where like the experience is roughly the same for everyone it is a it is a system that everyone interacts with but like once you get past it you have to ask yourself and it's it's because it's a game it's easier to say oh this isn't for me there's nothing to do like what is the meaning like what are you doing are you creating things are you interacting with people are you just acquiring stuff to acquire it like the same can be said of all existence (laughs) uh and i think like to play a game like that is to grapple with those questions uh because can you make your own meaning um and if you do, can you sustain it? Like, can you just be happy doing the thing? When do you know when you're satisfied? Yes. Um, or do you need the external validation of things that are completed? Or, you know, like, I'm doing this with my friends. Like, that's its own reward. And, like, shunting that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, this isn't a video game, but I will step up to the plate and share my own brain genius one. Um, yeah. Which is uh, that this is what Death Note's about. Hmm. Interesting. I would not have thought of that. Uh, because Death Note is a world in which there is no like justified morality and like meaninglessness. Like the gods of death exist and they provide no clarification on the world, and a very evil person is able to get away with whatever he wants for no reason. Uh, yeah. And the, the entire thing is about dealing with that and what that says, and what it says is nothing. Um, but I guess we should probably stop him. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, fair enough. I like Death Note a lot. Anyway. There are other questions here, but I don't know if we're equipped to answer them, and definitely not in the framework of this. Uh, the one thing is, like, what kind of political perspective does Outer Wilds have? I don't know if it has one, really. Like, I feel like I feel like in deliberately, the way the Harthians are described in their solar system versus the Nomai and everything, I think it is meant to, like comment without by deliberately not commenting on the idea that space exploration is inherently like imperialistic and colonialistic yes. by. Um, you know the the one like colonies that existed have all long since died out there's no other sentient life in in this solar system there's just these people that are deliberately not trying to like build empire they are like six weirdos who got into ships and crashed on various planets yes um i I would say that that is uh like a central perspective of their game um Mm. because not just in the uh the way that the cultures uh represent like different versions of because the the nomai aren't not just even in this solar system that you're in but they are literally a traveling people right like that is they are presented to this they go on these journeys they this this group is following the eye but like other nomai are in other areas and then there's like a bit you find later where it's like okay the universe is dying we only need to head to this star because it's the most stable but aside from that like before that the nomai were just traveling around um 
around the galaxy and that's like a core of their culture and that's like a different way of looking at space travel uh but also like video games are often um especially this kind of game which i like a lot uh like about asserting a colonial dominance on a space right um when and, and the way that often like uh expresses itself is in the tools that you find in the ways that this space bends to your will. Like, Death Drain just happened last year, and it is a game about literally taming the wilds of America to do westward expansion by building bridges to make the, the world less threatening to you uh, as industry conquers the land. Like, that is explicit in the themes of the game, and that wasn't really picked up on by a lot of critics because that's all video games on some level. You get more powerful, you get more tools, and the land bends to your will. Um, and Outer Wilds, in its like steadfast commitment to the uh, time loop concept, refuses that in ways that are very small and often very frustrating in ways that I'm like, okay, the, I've come to this high-energy lab, there is a door here that takes me to the outside. In any other video game, when I open this door, it will stay open permanently, and if I need to come back to the lab, I don't have to do the like challenge to get here. Um and I think that the game's, like, refusal to do that to, like, at every turn and then eventually with the ending and the themes of the game express that, like, nature is a bigger than you, is not about you, and cannot be controlled or tamed by you in any way uh, is, like, core to the theme of the game. I think that the intentionality is to have that to make more of an ecological point, but I think it works to be read equally well as an anti-imperialist one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my big monologue about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a big monologue about that, so I'll let you just have that. <laughs> yep, that is a uh, that's my take. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick wrote in a good email, just saying that uh, he's really enjoyed the episodes. Uh, has not listened to the backlog because that's a lot of episodes and doesn't play games as much as he thought he did. Which you know what? Fair, Fair enough. enough. I also don't play games as much <laughs> as I thought I did. Um, we have an email from Nessa uh, who says two months ago I started listening to our mapping and have listened to the entire archive, which honestly. Congratulations. That's so much. You must Um, be sick of this. Yeah, I connected the podcast a bit more than with many since at the time it started, neither the host nor I was as openly queer as strongly leftist as now. Uh, So it was cool to watch that process happen in the background while you're having conversations about video games. Yeah, it really is. You should tell to us in the Discord about how how pronounced that is. I'm so curious how that comes across because I don't really know what... Like, I know I've become more leftist, right? But I don't, yeah, but like when we when we talk about abnormal mapping games, it, I feel like it never comes up. But I, that's probably not true. It's definitely not. Like that perspective definitely changes. But I, being me, looking at my past with like such, you know, I don't remember everything I said. Uh, I'd be really yeah. curious as to how that comes off for like shotgunning two yeah. months of uh, seven years of podcast in two months. Yeah, because like I don't, we don't run abnormal mapping like you know, Paul, like this podcast specifically is like I'll leave your politics at the door. We're here talking about video games, but on some level, I feel like. To me, it feels like that happens just because the way we talk about games is rarely, uh, like, you know, on production of games is a whole other thing. We'll just go on forever about labor and bullshit and capitalism and everything. Um, but when we talk about the video games themselves, I feel like we're kind of like theme forward formalists. And so that stuff I feel like doesn't come up, but it probably does a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely there, right? Like, that is what the podcast yeah. is. We are two communists talking about games. Um, but yeah. we, the game, we don't sell the podcast as this is the leftist games podcast. Um, yeah. Cause I just think that's dishonest to the way that we approach. We're just critics. Yeah. We just happen to have a perspective. Everyone does. Um, yeah. So yeah. 
Oh, that's my react to that. I'm very happy. I'm shocked that someone would listen to so much of this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we have questions from Tron. Uh, thanks, Tron. This is our last email. Um, I'm just going to pick the ones I think are good here. These are general because Tron has not played Outer Wilds. What game or genre did you learn the most about from in this podcast? For you, it's JRPGs, right? Oh, for me, yeah. I'd played yeah. one, two before we started. Yeah. No, before we uh, before... me, it's shooters. Yeah, definitely shooters. I mean, I open episode one with saying I don't like those shooter games, <laughs> like like a fucking rube. And then we play Vanquish because everyone says it's the good one, and you're like, these are all bad. And then we play Doom, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Doom. Yep. What was the most challenging game to talk about for the podcast? That isn't LG for Dead because that's definitely the answer. Um, challenging game to talk about. Yeah, probably Tony Hawk's. You're right. Like, um, mm-hmm. something like I that. I think Devil May Cry 3 for me was hard because, like, I really don't like that game. Uh, just because it's not Devil May Cry 1 or DMC Devil May Cry or Bayonetta. And or even DMC 4. So much, people, like, people like that game a lot. And so I felt like I was disappointing people just because it just didn't click for me at all. Like, at least when it was Ninja Gaiden, like, I knew the discussion would be about you and me disagreeing on that game, and that's fine. Yes. Uh, we also had much less of an audience back when we did that one. Um, um, we sure did. I, I hope the podcast, like, I'm probably very defensive because I was much younger then. I, you know. Um, but yeah, Devil May Cry 3 is also one for that because it's like, not only is it a game that we didn't like that's very popular, but we've done, we've talked, we can, we have talked about that exact game, Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, a million times. They're all the same game. Yeah. It's just difference of degrees. Like they're not exactly, obviously, but that kind of character action game is so specific and granular that I don't think it, we necessarily got so much out of the discussion going into it that deep. And if you like the episode, that's fine. I think we did a good job, but I think a better job would have been choosing something else and having a better discussion about it. Yeah. Uh, what was the most pleasant surprise game that you've covered for the podcast? Um, I think mine has to be Planescape Torment. Just because it opened a whole new world of RPGs that I thought were not for me that are actually extremely for me. Yeah, that's... Once you take out the combat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, once you mod out the combat completely. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, mine would be Sibel. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily because it is like a game that is better than I expected, but because it made me realize that I am no longer a teenage baby in the way that I thought I permanently was for a while. Uh, yeah. Like, that's fair oh um this game's just good and moving and okay and i'm not like sad about being lonely or whatever you know i mean i am in my life like a normal depressed person but yeah but it doesn't it doesn't transfer into resentment for things that are not right right yeah like there's a point of like i i there's a, what my week yeah not to get super interesting but this is maybe a thing that shouldn't go on this podcast um we'll see if i cut it uh but there's the podcast we did where i am sad about a game that is amazing because I am in a very depressed place and feel very lonely and don't have like these connections that the game's about. Um, and it's Attack of the Friday Monsters. That game's fucking incredible. Uh, but I just yeah. couldn't let it in because I was super depressed when I played it. Like, And I'm still depressed, you know? We've all got that mental illness here. Uh, but yeah. the way that, that that changes over time and playing Sabelle and loving it as much as I did made me realize how much uh, like I had changed even though um, I still got that depression. It's not gone away or got it like better, but... I have grown as a person a lot, and it was very moving, considering that's also what the game's about on, you know, not directly, but growth and looking back at who you used to be is what that game is about. Um, yeah. And it was that's very fair. emotional for me. 
what is the hardest game you had to learn to play for the podcast? Um, is yours not Ninja Gaiden? I mean, it's weird, right? Because like, Ninja, like I Ninja Gaiden's a hard video game, but also like I like character action games, so it wasn't like it wasn't difficult in like a fundamental thematic sense, right? Oh, but it, I mean, it doesn't explain itself. I I took it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I um I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like what is the game that like I had to get out of my own proclivities the most. Like what's the one that was hardest for me? Like challenging in that way. Hmm, that's a good question. Um. I mean, for me, like, I think my answer is probably, like, still Planescape Torment, which is a game that we were very nervous we would not be able to do yes. when we did it. Uh, yeah. Um, what was the most challenging game for you to get running properly for the podcast, which is a, a funny reality of playing video games? Oh, that's always annoying. Um, I mean, the answer is Atelier Rorona because <laughs> yeah. you literally couldn't complete it because your game kept crashing. That's not me. I just didn't play it. I was just like, I'm not doing. I it was it was Destiny whose game crashed. I just oh, right, didn't right, fucking right. play it. I got like two hours yeah, in, and yeah. you were like, you know what? This is gonna be one where you'll come in late and hate the game anyway because it's not very good. What if you just didn't play it? And I was like, that is a fantastic option. I will take that immediately. I'm not gonna be too proud yeah. about this. Um, what aspect of producing the podcast do you think you have improved the most on individually? Um, I actually think I'm pretty lazy about this one production-wise. But... The answer is the fact that we sit down, we record the podcast, and then we don't really... We, we listen through to a null mapping and take out anything that needs to be taken out, but it's a very light editing like pipeline, right? I feel like you've gotten better at the part where you talk into a microphone immensely. Um, well, yes, because I was a... One, I couldn't speak very well. Two, I was a terrified 18-year-old when I began. Yes, 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 for sure. Um, but I feel like your arc on that is much better than mine. I actually feel like I hit a peak in terms of talking to a microphone a couple years ago, and it's been kind of bad since then. But um, I, I think I'm it's, much sadder and tireder now. I think, it's, and it's all—it's mostly all in my head. I think I think it's been rebounding. I know, like you know, I understand what you mean, but I think that your uh, depression peak about that was a while ago. Um, yeah, I think that's I think true. That it's a, it's in a pretty good space now. But I understand why, you know. Uh, do you all interact with video games differently since you started on mapping? Yeah, we talk about this all the time. You can listen to our letters. You can get them for five dollars. I read them. They're not audio. They're visual. Yeah, but uh, you can read our letters for five dollars. We get navel gazy about this shit all the time. So yeah, but do we do we do it differently? Have we been having the same navel gazing discussion since twenty thirteen? Yes, but the act of starting the podcast is what did it. Really, I guess so. You know what? Actually, what happened is I we've been like I've really been having the big one since like 2015, where I played a bunch of indie games, and then the site I used to play indie games closed down because the person who ran it was a creep, and then I stopped playing games basically for three years. Right? Uh, yeah. No, the space has collapsed in video games, and you just get left behind all the time. Yeah. Um, have either you done any vocal training for the podcast? No, this is <laughs> this is just me talking. Uh... This is this is honestly not that much different than my normal speaking voice. I. I project a lot i'm a kind of a loud person when i get when i get animated I'm very shy in real life like if i meet someone i'm very mumbly and quiet and talk like this but uh other once i'm through that it's just this all the time this is how i always am uh i think that's why the podcast is good honestly because we're just us i i think you have to ask the other person like you are definitely how like you know i agree with that am i how i am all the time i feel like i'm just to sound like me do i have a podcast um, voice i don't know i can't uh, i think i think 
you do a bit i think Man. you're a little more careful with like making statements than you are in real life <laughs> where i the gimmick for me is i don't mind being wrong and in fact i think it's funny when i'm clearly wrong and so i'll just blunder into saying stupid shit all the time um uh yeah no i definitely nervous talk i definitely get like we'll make a point but then spend four, three minutes going uh oh, you know not in this way and not in this way either i you know um I've it's fine. I've leaned into just accepting that I will be Hugh Granting all over the place sometimes. In terms of like actual physical vocal training, uh no, we just talk a lot on Skype. That's really all it is. All my vocal training was pre this podcast. Uh honestly, like and I don't I don't like I'm not a person when I get sick, I get a sore throat. I have kind of a bad one today, but we've been recording for like two and a half hours today, so it's been a it's been a long recording day. Uh starting to feel it, but uh you know, I'm not gonna lose my voice or anything. I just never been my thing. Um, I don't want to answer that one on this podcast. Uh, what's the most valuable thing you've gained from doing abnormal mapping? Um, I mean, it's the most important thing I do. I talk to you every day, like, you know, not to be sappy about it, but it, it, it in itself is like facilitating the most important relationships in my life and like my sure, structure. What about this podcast? You mean more about video games? Yeah. Not just, this is my life now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I can only have the opposite. I only have bad things, which is unfortunately just how my brain works rather than a function of the podcast. Uh, I think it's given me a wider appreciation for the types of games I play and the things I do and a better sense of time. Uh, I would often, and still to this day, like throughout the podcast, um, be just sucked into vortexes of playing the new thing to talk about it and spending too much time with it and just hating it. Uh, that is, still happens. I'll be playing Final Fantasy VII in a, well, a few months now. I'd, April, I guess, is when it got moved to. Um, mm-hmm. Not over that. And I've just accepted that's the thing I do now, not like trying to fight it. But I do, my balance is so much better than it used to be. Um, I used to yeah. feel that pull, you know, what if I'll do this and I'll have a critical distance taken, you know, just not living that life anymore. I have the podcast. I talk about the game they talk about. I play some other stuff on the side. And that's basically it. Yeah. For me, it's definitely that sense of letting go. Like, I don't feel the need to keep up on stuff, which is good because games change to a model where most big games, almost every big game that comes out is not something I want to play. I'm not interested. I don't like a live game. I'm the kind of person who wants to play a game, beat it in two or three weeks and never think about it again. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just always how I've been, Um, which in theory would make me really good at reviewing video games other than the fact that I hate playing most of the games that come out, right? Like, functionally, also, genre-wise, they're just not for me. I don't like shooters. I don't like multiplayer games. I mean, I'll enjoy a shooter, but, like, I'm not out here playing Destiny. I don't give a shit, right? Um, yeah. I don't like an open-world game. Like, I'm never going to play Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, let's see. I, I think I think the only other question I want to ask is, what do you all think abnormal mapping will look like in 10 years? 2030 what's it look like you can't say that you just can't say the words 2030 (laughs) to me ah i will be 44 years old i don't like thinking about that really we will we will be the old heads to a degree that like we're already kind of the old heads right um yeah like most people in the discord are younger than us not everyone but our audience is in a majority younger than us not because that's how we skew but because that is it's a 44 is such i i feel sick thinking (laughs) i I just unfathomable age but it's not even old like if i knew someone who's 44 i wouldn't think twice about it i'm like whatever they're 44 that's not like a major deal it's not like you're in your 60s or something right like 44 is nothing but god (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, did video games and being online skew so lot so young in so many ways that I don't know. I mean, it really depends what the stru- like the real answer and the things that define that are when does Patreon close down? How does it do that? Are there alternatives? What happens to Discord? Right? Like it is defined by what happens to the current structures that making this a thing we can do uh reliably like they're not all gonna last forever they're not gonna last a decade um so yeah that is that is what defines those questions i guess but in general i think we'll still be playing one game a month i think we will not have done anything ridiculous i think we'll still assuming we're all okay and none of us have like died um we'll still be doing this We'll probably have pared back a little. Um, Do you really think that? Uh, I think we will have got to a point where it's going to be as stable as it's going to get. I think we will have pared back a little. I think we'll have to. Um, okay. Or, or or it will have become a full time job and it'll be more, but we'll like stop at eight o'clock every day, right? Like we'll have done the thing where we've made it. Here's the time we do it, and then we go home. Home you know in quotation marks oh imagine if we could record this podcast on like a monday during the day we like we could just have week if i could have a weekend again in my life holy shit i'd be so fucking happy i haven't had a weekend that isn't like an emergency i'm sick or i'm too depressed to do anything in ages yeah i was talking about like the other day what the normal method like what is the high success dream is and that is it it is it becomes a full-time job and then including prep time it all gets scheduled within a work week so we say like four hours yeah. playing this recording this i could have this. i could have a weekend and not feel crushing guilt that i'm not working on stuff yeah no if we if we, if we became that kind of successful the first thing we would do would hardline be and we will probably be public about it but this is why our schedule is what it is and this is why our production is what it is and we would enforce upon ourselves stopping at a certain time in the day because then we were done God. That is, like, the dream beyond the dream. Uh, Yeah, shit, that sounds so good. And, like, no, like, not even, like, successful employed game critics get this, because you're all playing games all evening at home. Yes. um, Because games are 50 hours long, in a way that film critics don't have to deal with. Uh, But that is still the dream. The true dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit. I know, right? Uh... For in terms of this podcast, I I feel like my goal before we get to twenty thirty, I can't say it. Can't say it. Yes. <laughs> um, I'd like to I'd like to try the genres we haven't done yet. I'd like to try an RTS, maybe a strategy game, a sports game of some kind. Maybe they could put out a fucking golf game between now and then, and we could play it. That'd be good. They put out everybody's golf like two years ago, and it was good. Yeah, and we just didn't I do just, it. I just need P- I just need Tiger Woods PGA back again, but not like the version that sucks. I need 2012 the Masters, but for 2022. There will never be a good big sports game. I know I began this podcast by saying that I liked Parivo, which is fine. Uh, but the structures that made sports games good know, are gone. Uh, I hope that we play like one JRPG a year. No more. Um, no more, no less. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, less is fine. I don't, I don't think we're going to play one this year, so less is fine. Oh, yeah, I'm always on the verge of trying to do more, but only because I want to play more JRPGs but don't have time, and the only way to fight, create time is make work. This is a, yeah. you know, this is... I'm not in therapy for this because I don't have a therapist, but I would be if I did. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm going to talk to her about this tomorrow. So, exactly. You know, it works out. Um, 
Uh, I, I would like the thing I would like, actually, I think the format's solid. I, I've always believed in the game club format. I still do. I think it works. I think it's interesting. I think it makes you better at looking at video games as a whole. And even if it just means that I can look at a game, say it's bullshit and walk away, that's valuable because mm-hmm. the, honestly, they're built to suck you, sucker you in and they do so well all the time. Um, but I would like to have more people play along with us. I think that's the thing I really want to focus on going forward. I don't think the show is going to get much better. I think we do what we can. Like, we'll, we'll get sharper as critics, but, like, I don't want a format change. I don't think we need to radically improve what we do. Um, I want to play games for fun more often, and I would like more people to play along, and I'd like to be able to foster that better. Yes. Um, um, and those those are, like, the big goals for me. Like, I know this isn't our biggest podcast anymore. Gundam's what brings people in the door, but I I think this works valuable. I think it's a thing that is more necessary in the space that it exists in because there aren't a lot of game clubs and the ones that exist, you know, sometimes could be a little nostalgia driven in a way that I think we try very hard to steer out of. Uh, I know that we play too many Nintendo games and Final Fantasies. We're done with Final Fantasies and Nintendo outside of Animal Crossing, which we're not doing a podcast on, doesn't make games I care about anymore, seemingly. So, um, uh, yeah, like we will never do We will never formally. Well, I never say never. We'll probably not do another formal Final Fantasy again on this podcast. It would take something huge for that to be the case. Uh, yeah, we had talked about doing something, but and we still that doesn't might, count. Nah, it doesn't, okay. doesn't count. It possibly counts. Uh, yeah, that doesn't count in quite the same way to me. Um, okay, but yeah, I I don't know what it would take for that. Um, yeah. the the point is that yes, it, it, we we like looking at old games, but they're often new to us. Or at least to one of us. Yeah. Like they're all new to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're we're rapidly running out of space of games that I've played. Like I don't know if there's any game I've played that I want you to play and us to talk about. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, if you don't ever fucking play Ocarina of Time, I'm gonna make it a game club just to get you to finish it. But that's different. That's a grudge choice. This has been five years of this, by the way. I think it was 2014 yes. when you were like, you should play Ocarina of Time. Like it's been forever, and I finally did yeah. play it in 2017, but got like four hours in and stopped because I played Link's Awakening the day before, and it was like achingly slow in comparison to 2D Zelda's. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I really want you to play Majora's Mask and Wind Waker, so I need you to play... Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't skip Ocarina of Time. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you weren't us, you could, but you're us, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of the thing about, like, our goal is to make more, uh, to make other people play along with us more. I feel a bit like rude about that, but also I, you know, that's not we want you to do more work. It's like we are cho- choosing games like this that people are actually playing, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, we've like, you know made a space in the Discord. People talk about the game club that's more explicit. Just, just maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But just to foster a little bit more of like, I know people follow yeah. along with the anime and they don't quite with the games, and that's partially due to the selection and how long they are. So we'll just see how it goes depending on what choices are made. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, like I don't expect everyone to play every game. That's a big ask. As someone who's done this podcast for almost seven years, it fucking sucks sometimes. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. <laughs> I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, yes, and there'll definitely be like one for us. One, for, you know, we'll we'll try yeah. to balance out the uh, the selections with things that will bring people in the door. Um, but yeah. we'll choose games like that. Like you know, we're doing Disco Elysium soon. That is a game that will bring people in, yeah. but it's also a game we want to play. We're not going to like do a big game that we think we'll hate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, who even knows what video games look like? Maybe they're all outlawed by 10 years from now. The old ones will still play. So as long as there's, as long as there's an emulator that we can run, we will have video games to talk about. That's true. That is true. I'd like to get really good at an arcade game. This is something that we floated a couple years ago. I'd like to really just find an arcade game and spend a month getting good at it. Like 
Like a Street Fighter or like a Gradius? What are we talking here? I don't know. Okay, just just look like anything. No, no, no more defined than that. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about doing a fighting game for ages, but it like the timing never works out. We can't find a game that both of us agree on. They don't, you know, like if, if it was Virtua Fighter, if they'd make a new Virtua Fighter, we'd do a fucking Virtua Fighter month. It'd be great. Oh, it'd be so yeah, good. Alas, so. never. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's Those it. are all the emails. Again, podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Coming up this year, uh, Halo. Second Century of Excellence. Second UC. Halo, uh, when it comes out, slash we have a free month, those two things probably are not going to end up lining up because of a couple things that we have in the pike. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not coming out before anything. That, we, like, that game's not coming out until June at the earliest. Okay. Um, we're just going to work backwards. Probably in four months, unless Halo's there, we're probably going to play Kentucky Route Zero. So please look forward to that. That's coming up in the future. Um, three months from now, we're playing Disco Elysium. That's going to be great. I'm excited. It's the one of the, it's like the game I most want to play from last year. And then next month, I, I guess I numbered these all wrong, but next yes. month, uh, we are going to be playing Time Spinner, uh, which is a game you can get on your Switch, on your PC, on your Vita. Is it on PS4? I don't know. Probably. Uh, if they brought it to Vita but not PS4, that would be very funny. I think the thing with Vita is it was originally a Vita game, and that's why it's on It's on Xbox One, it's on everything. Okay, cool. I'm playing on Switch. Seems fine. Uh, like, runs fine. Um, which is always the big question with Switch games. Do they run like shit or not? Who knows? Um, but, looks great. Uh, I played it a little handheld. Played it on my TV. Looks great on TV. I'm like, man, Pixel Games on a big TV. Who would have thought, huh? Maybe video games could just be good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're old. 2030. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, I've heard it's a relatively short game, which is good because we're going to need extra time probably for Disco Elysium, which is going to be probably a little bit of a longer one. Yeah, we've both started uh, Time Spinner already, even though it's only five to eight hours long. Um, yeah. Because we got a we got an RPG. <laughs> yeah. That's always a burden. Uh, at least that one doesn't have combat. Don't have to worry about it. So. No, but you're just reading. You're just reading like eight novels worth of texts. Yeah. Which, anyway, I'm excited for plugs, it. Jackson. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com if you haven't already, I guess. Uh, you can find the other podcast that we do at abnormalmapping.com. There's a whole bunch there, including uh, your podcast uh, with Autumn and then an airplane and my podcast with Molly, the Emory Score. Uh, they're cool podcasts that we're doing. There's loads of them. It's good. Uh, the Emory Score is back. There should be a new one this week. Maybe, be- maybe even before this one comes out. Aeroplane never stops, but uh, two, three days from now, when this podcast goes live, our episode on Palm Poco will be out. Uh, I don't know what that conversation is going to look like, but I'm very excited to find out because that's that was a whole experience watching that movie. Um, I am going to was not prepared. I'm going uh, to catch so. up on the Ghibli movies in February. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Uh, you can find all the podcasts, of course, at normalmapping.com. But if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1 a month, you get The Great Gundam Project. We are watching G Gundam and Standalone Complex Season 1 right now. Uh, having a great time most weeks. Um, we're uh, getting close to Wing. It'll be in a couple months. Looking forward to that as well. Um, for $5, you get writing about games, movies, life, whatever we're talking about. Uh, Jackson recently wrote about Picard. Uh, I recently wrote about being very insecure. Uh, that's how it goes. I also um, recently wrote about being insecure, probably. We do that every other month. Um, yeah. 
introspective time on the letters. Yeah. Uh, for $10, you can get uh, VoIP Life, which is every two weeks, me and Jackson sit down and talk about whatever random bullshit. We've done commentaries on some Star Wars movies. We've done lists. We've done uh, breakdowns of what movie criticism means to us and how we think people can be good at it or get better at it um, with a lot of our personal histories. Like, just a lot of fun stuff. Music quizzes. If you want just, like, some bullshit and you'd really like to support the network because the Patreon does keep us fed and the lights on, it is the reason we can keep doing this, uh, it's a great show. People seem to like it a whole lot, which is uh, validating, honestly. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. Yeah. So tell your friends. If, if you could do anything, even if you can't donate, um, please tell your friends about our podcast. This one in particular, because I'm fond of it. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, We'll be back next month with Time Spinner. And thank you, everyone, for 100 years. And here's to 100 more.